all the way back to the two, to the one, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Not a bad start. Anybody it's the same old Browns. You, it's not the same old Browns. This is different. Hey everyone, welcome in. This is not the same old Browns podcast presented by the OBR. I am Andy Lytle. I am Stephen Thomas. Welcome that- back for night three, everybody. Twitch launch week for the OBR. This is night three. By the way, guys, shout out to all all you Browns fans and OBR fans out there. Holy smokes. These first two days have far exceeded our expectations. Um, and it's, it's really, it, we shouldn't, I guess we shouldn't be surprised because as right. we all know, Browns <laughs> fans are the craziest, most passionate fans in all of sports. So you you guys rock, man. Give me the goods. I'll give you the goods, baby. That's what um, you said. Yeah, I know. Shout out to my dad who's in the chat. Desert dog. What's going on, pops? How's everyone doing, man? I hope everyone's well. Steve, how was your day, sir? Dude, it was the first day of actual fo- There were Cleveland Browns running around on the field in Berea. How is yes. that not a good day? How is that, that it, not a good day, man? It's finally here, man. It's, I know it's helmets and shorts and nothing that happens I'll take it. really technically matters. But still, I was like a kid on I'll, Christmas Day today, man. I will take it, brother. I will take it. Uh, before we get the show rolling, uh, let's go over a couple. Uh, we'll be er, This hour, we're going to be joined by uh, Fred Greetham, uh, our, the OBR Browns beat reporter, the legend himself. He's going to join us at 7.15. Then at 7.40, we're going to be joined by Brad Stainbrook, uh, insider for the OBR. He's going to come on, uh, give us some, hopefully, some info on how the practice went today and Fred as well. And then at 8 o'clock, we're going to be joined in hour two by friend of show, Jeff Lloyd, host of Locked On Browns. So we have a jam-packed full show for you today. Um, Before we get into it, though, we got a couple plugs, especially for the website, Steve. You want to take that? The housekeeping and uh, and pay the bills. Or uh, Barry will hit us with that shovel. Uh, we have for the rest of today. It, I think it ends today, if I'm <laughs> with not the, mistaken. With the shovel. God. The fifty uh, percent um, off a subscription on the website. Yes, it ends yes. tonight. Your last chance. And if you last chance, you've had some questions about people. Well, I'm already a monthly subscriber. What about me? You know, well, if you're a monthly subscriber, you can upgrade to the annual membership and get this fifty percent off. So it's it's out there for everybody. Um, and it's a great deal. And it's not, you know, this isn't a one month thing. This is an annual membership. So you'll get all the training camp coverage. You get all the regular season coverage. You know, Fred's in the building every day. Brad and Lane know everybody on earth. Absolutely. Jay breaking down the film. Me during draft season, uh, doing more mock drafts than you, any human should ever do. Uh, all that stuff. Andy's here. Uh, uh, Johnny, I don't want to leave anybody out. Every, the whole sure. team, you get all of it for <laughs> half price, but you got to do it tonight. So. There, Absolutely. we did that. Now Barry has put down his shovel and picked up his bourbon. So we're okay there. <laughs> we're covered. Uh, a couple questions in the chat. I knew they were going to come. Cyper Bull and Mark uh, about Greedy Williams. We're going to have uh, – uh, <laughs> there's the shovel. We're going to have <laughs> – 
<laughs> we're going to have Fred Greetham on here in about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, definitely, we're going to run that by him, see what he's heard, and probably uh, we'll probably run that by Brad as well, who will be on at 740. And then at 8 o'clock, like I said, we'll be joined by Jeff Lloyd of Lockdown Brown. So we've got a jam-packed show for you today. I'm excited. Uh, training camp is open, Stephen. As you said, it's just uh, just uh, helmets and shorts. But I'll take it, damn it. I will Absolutely. take it. I just need something because I tell you the last five weeks, I know we've been beating it like a dead horse and I know people are probably sick of us talking about it, but the NFL dead zone is very hard for writers and podcasters and content creators who cover the Browns and reporters. And it's, you know, we're, we're finally past that and we're starting to get into real things we can talk about. Cause as we know, topics are going to come up daily. Like instance in the chat, we got, you know, Greedy Williams, you know, he got taken off the field, I guess, in the middle of practice. From what I heard, he's okay, but we'll confirm with Fred and Brad what they've heard. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. You ready for a jam-packed show today? But, yeah, keep the uh, keep the questions going in the chat. Absolutely. Absolutely. Part of – we have a set thing that we're going to do this, this, and this on every show, but Q&A with you guys is always right at the top of the list. Uh, you can put them in the chat. Uh, like I said, we've said a few times, you can uh, just email questions to twitch at theobr.com. If you have a video, you want to shoot a selfie video of yourself asking the question, we'll play that on screen. If you can see yourself, um, you know, don't try to trick us with, you know, something in the background, but, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's absolutely 100 uh, percent. Q&A is always on the table. Absolutely. Three days of the draft this year. Oh, thanks. Love the passion. Thanks. Yeah, man. I got to. Yeah. I gotta... Yeah. See. Well, we all have our sicknesses, and the draft happens <laughs> to be mine. I, I listen. It I'm is. fully aware. I'm fully aware that I pay way too much attention for it to be healthy. I know that. I accept that about myself. But right. some of my friends here in LA, they're like, "Oh, you talk about that all the time." And I look at them and I go, "How many times did you tweet about the Bachelor last week?" <laughs> okay. We all have our own sicknesses. Let's not judge each other. Okay. <laughs> so. I'm not uh, going to yeah, comment I whether I that. thank you. Yeah, whether I watch The Bachelor or not is none of anyone's business. That's my own personal. Hippo. Um, yeah, Hippo. yeah, hit up hip. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, smokes, man, it's going to be a wild day. Uh, I'm just like you said. I'm just glad that uh, you know they're back on the practice field. It, that, that's that's uh, that's got me excited. Just the fact that we're there, and you know, and fingers crossed. You know, it's just. I, I limit the injuries and, and 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 just get the get through camp and the preseason as healthy as possible. Because man, we you know we this is as as you and I both know this is one of the best rosters we've had in decades, and uh, I'd like to see it stay healthy and which is and they're starting out that way. I mean, I yes. Today the the talk, the talk today was all about uh, Greedy's hurt already, and that turned out yes. not to be the case. And here's the man himself, mm -hmm. but. Uh, from a physical injury standpoint, we noted this last night, Fred noted it on OBR weekly, and we talked about it after um, there's nobody on the pup list, which is right. very unusual uh, sure. for any team, especially the Browns. I mean, the pup list has been Jesus, half of our roster for, for years. <laughs> you <Yeah. know>? um, <laughs> and a quick, I see a question over here before we jump to Fred. Uh, somebody asked, uh, uh, Andy, Fred, Lane, and Jake all follow you on Althea4017. Uh, they all follow you on Twitter, and then they asked, what's my problem? Well, Yeah, what is your problem? I'm, I'm verified, and they're not. So, you know, <laughs> I, have, I have more stringent standards. You know, Unfortunately, I'm with my family. So 
With that out of the way, uh, let's welcome in the legend himself. Uh, Mr. Fred Greetham is here. As you guys know, because you are OBR's faithful, you've probably known uh, Fred is in the building every single day. Um, well, I mean, every day that they'll let him. It's not like, you know, they have to. It's not like the, this cleaning crew at midnight walks around, sees him hiding behind a credenza or anything like that. Get, Mr. Greetham, we've talked about this. You need to go now. Don't make us get the hose. It's not like that. But he's in there every day. And he knows everyone in there. So, Fred, welcome in, legend. Uh, just off the top of your head, before we get into anything specific, what were your impressions of day one of training camp? Well, I think I just caught the tail end of what you guys were talking about, but it is one of the most uh, healthy starts to camp that, that I can remember. I mean, usually awesome. I was expecting some of these guys to be put on pup right? because they were – was expecting they weren't going to rush them back too much, you know, like Odell and Grant Delpit. And yet they were all cleared. They were all out on the field. Um, they had them limited a little bit. If it was injury report week, they would have put limited because they didn't do everything. But, you know, they look good cutting around. I put a little clip from Odell cutting around, making cool. some catches. And um, I just think it's just way ahead. You know, I had the little scare with Williams, but, you know, we talked about that until he gets hit. And I was like, wow, they weren't even hitting today, but it was a heat deal. So, you know, I, I can't really um, I can't really see a lot of downside, you know, when yeah. you have Dearness Johnson, who is, you know, just missing because his child is his girl, or his wife they had a baby today. Right. And then you had, uh, you know, with Woods now. Now that could that could lead a little bit of problem. Ironically, I thought was the two drafted linebackers were two, you know, of the right three guys that didn't practice today, you know, and and uh, Stefanski talked about JOK because of the experience they had with with uh, COVID last year in Zoom meetings. He's in all the meetings, and they feel they even talked about doing virtual walkthroughs with him. So he isn't really missing a lot of the install or anything. Used to kind of be when you were out, you were kind of out. And right. and so so I think there's been a lot of positive. You know, Miles Garrett sounded really strong today and talking Ooh. to him and he looked really good. good. I have a story coming up probably when I get off here tonight with you guys. I'll post it about what he said the key is for this team to um you know, there was obviously high expectations in 2019. We know what happened. They went six and 10. He said, what's the difference? He said, no difference, but dot, dot, dot. He said the difference and how they can make it a difference. So little tease there. That's going to be a story, you know, on the front page here in a little bit. So Fields, uh, the injury to Fields, this was his other foot, right? Correct? That It wasn't the original foot that was injured. Right. He was in a walking boot. I don't know if it was his left or his right during the mini camp. Um, and he didn't practice. And Stefanski said that over the weekend, he didn't say specifically, but when the rookies and the quarterbacks got on the field, that he injured the other foot. So it's Jeez, the other did. foot. And he wouldn't give a timetable. He just said he would miss some time. Now, 
you know, I don't know. It doesn't bode well for him when he's a fifth round pick. I think he's got the upside because he's a draft pick, but right. I can see if this lingers at all, he's going to get put on injured reserve for the season or at least, you know, for, for the short term because they got a lot of competition at linebacker to begin with. And if he gets behind it all, he's going to have trouble. And, um, you know, it, it is interesting, you know, some guys it just seems can't stay on the field, you know, don't, I haven't even seen him, you know, out there other than walking around with his Jersey in a walking boot. So, um, it will be when, when Stefanski, you know, we all know he gives no information. Um, right. he he's what I called him. I haven't seen a coach this last forthcoming since Bill Belichick. Bill yeah. Belichick started this. Yeah. I'm serious. In 1991, it used to be the coaches told you what was going on. Sure. He was like the first Browns coach that started saying, you know, you'd see the guy's bones sticking out of his leg and he'd say, he's a little sore. You know, when you'd ask <laughs> what happened to him after. No, I'm he. Those yeah, were, I remember those. We I all know that. Yeah. But the but the difference is Stefanski says it with a smile. I mean, right. he's a nice guy, but he yeah. tells you nothing. So I specifically remember last year, we asked him almost every day about Greedy Williams when he walked off the field. It was obviously with Delpit, you know, yeah. they carded him. And, but he said he's day to day. Right. You know, five weeks into the season, he was day to day. And then he got put on injured reserve for, you know, the year. And so it's like when you hear, well, he'll miss today. He didn't even say day to day. He says he's going to miss some time. Right. That leads you to believe he's going to have surgery or I don't know what some time is. But anyway, Fields, you know, I don't know if you can already count him off, but sure. unless he gets out here pretty soon. You know, I think he's going to be – and Derek Willies was one that either slipped Stefanski's mind or – but he didn't practice. He was out on the field, but he had a right. – you know, he's just standing there in a ball cap, just standing there. They didn't say on the official report at the end of the day, the notes they sent out, he wasn't even listed. They had the other guys like Fields and so forth. So I don't think it was COVID because he couldn't be out there. So I don't know what, what the deal is with him, but – yeah, really, they're in pretty good shape physically to start camp. Yeah, uh, yeah. Quick shout out to uh, Dearness Johnson and uh, for having your baby. Congratulations yeah, uh, from yeah, all of us absolutely. here at the OBR. I didn't want to forget to do that. Um, but yeah, that was going to be my follow up question on the Tony Fields thing to you. Uh, you know, how does it? Do you think it already has an effect on his chances at the fifty three? And it seems like uh, you think the answer to that is yes. And honestly, with his, <coughs> excuse me. I'm so sorry with his undersized body, maybe a year on IR might actually help him. Uh, Sure. Do you agree or disagree with that, Fred? Yeah. In the old days, you know, when they had a, a stacked roster, you know, that was the way teams always protected instead of cutting guys, they put everybody on injured reserve. In fact, if you remember the injured reserve used to have 30, 40 guys, it seemed like, you know, if a guy, if a guy thought he was going to get cut, you'd see him all of a sudden go down near the end of camp and they put him up. They had to put him on injury reserve and they got paid the whole year. That's not the way it works anymore. So, um, yeah, I think that if, if he doesn't get back you know, before they start playing games, I think that would be, he'd be a prime candidate for that. 
because like I said, you know, I don't know what they had in mind. They draft him in the fifth round. I think they feel he's got potential, but you have JOK and Phillips probably in similar roles and without playing a lot of linebackers, you know, they may, the other thing is that short term IR they have now, you know, which is right. like yeah. four right. weeks. I think one that's three weeks. So it just depends on, on the extent of the injury. But again, there's no, there's really going to be no um, clarification usually until we find out they have a surgery other than that, it's kind of day by day or day to day because they don't have to put out any reports until the, the game starts. So everything's just speculation. You just say, oh, he's not out there. If you see him on the on the training bike or with the trainers, then that starts to say they're getting close to getting back. But at this point, really have no idea. And for those out there who like to keep track of things this early, not that it means much of anything on day one of training camp before the pads even go on, the first three linebackers out there, the starters, if you want to use that word this early in camp, were Mac Wilson, Sione Takitaki, and Anthony Walker. They took the uh, the reps with the ones at the linebacker position for today. This this bodes well for Mac Wilson. You know, as long the longer JOK and Fields are not on the field it's going to help him because um, the numbers game and last year, ironically, it was like the second day of practice. He hyperextended his knee at the time. Most people thought he was lost for the season with a ACL or something major, the way it was looking. And they had big plans for him last year, just because they didn't have a lot of linebackers. And then he kind of fell off the turnip truck and had a lost season leading most of us to think he really isn't going to be with this team this year. So now he has a chance to really, you know, get after it. Maybe he won't have much of a chance with, you know, depending on when these guys come back, but he can make the most of every moment he has out there. And maybe, maybe that will, will allow him to push somebody off the roster or they will say fields will just give you a year of developmental and, and uh, go from there. And chat, we only have Fred here, the great Fred Greedham here for just a little bit. So if you have any questions, go ahead and fire them away in the chat. I've uh, seen a couple. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to paraphrase. They're basically asking any news, any update, any more information on JOK. Yes. Anything about his status, What you know, how long, anything at all, or is it? are they still leaving us in the dark on him? Well, everything is HIPAA and, you know, Stefanski shuts that down immediately when asked. He just said, no, we can't give any updates. He just said they were trending in the right direction on the number of vaccinated players. Um, We have no idea if they've hit the threshold of 85 percent, but they're very tight lipped about it. When asked about JOK, he said he couldn't, you know, say and, and they're not allowed to say if they um, have been vaccinated, have not been vaccinated, or if even last year, you couldn't say if you tested positive or it's close contact. So it's going to literally be, when is he going to be out there? Sure. You know, if, if he's not out there till next week, we know he tested positive and he wasn't vaccinated. Now, if you're vaccinated, you can be back after two, um, right. 24 hours, whatever negative. Yeah. Yeah. Two Two negative negative tests tests in a row. So you could literally be out there within 24 hours or so after. So no, no real update, but they're not too concerned with him. Like I said, they said the coaches have been working with him on the zoom call and he's actually been going through like 
what they called walkthroughs. Like I can see him walking (laughs) and making moves and they're watching him on, on the call. So no, I'm not, I don't think they're too concerned. You know, most of those uh, COVID things and he said he's asymptomatic. So, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a big setback. Okay. And that's the most important thing. I mean, we're talking about football terms here, but in the big picture, Let's just hope the young man is healthy. That's sure. You know, that's the, so, I mean, we saw how it affected Miles Garrett last year. You know, yeah, and Miles is in slightly better shape than I am. Just a little, yeah, bit. Just a little <laughs> bit. Uh actually, here's a question on Andrew Billings. I don't know if you if you heard this today, Fred, but we actually we all touched on him a good amount on Monday at the uh on our Twitch launch. Uh how do you look? Uh, you hear anything how he looked? Would did he drop a few pounds? Because as we mentioned on Monday, you know, he, he, at minicamp he was a, he was a little overweight a little bit. Yeah, that Bengals pitcher there at minicamp he was much larger than that. Yes, um, but to be honest, um, I didn't even take note of it. I'll look back at some of the pictures sure. they put out after practice and see if they had any of him, but. Um, you know, nothing stands out right now. I, ex- I expect with a large human being like that, that a lot of it though they work themselves into into football shape. Right. Yeah. In a in a heavily stressed training camp, so I'm I'm sure he was lining up with the starters today. Great. Um, but didn't even really register to. Um, so, so that means he, he might've not looked as obsessively big as he did in mini camp. So again, until they get the pads on, it's hard to totally see that, but I didn't, I didn't make a note of it, to be honest with you. Apparently Baker hit, uh, Anthony Schwartz on a, uh, long touchdown pass today. Did you happen to catch any, uh, any of that or a video of that or anything, Fred? I, I, Saw one of my colleagues tweet about it, but I did. I do know Donovan Peoples Jones had what I felt was the catch of the practice oh, leaping. Catch, yeah. Yes. Um. And um. And and so a lot of good reviews on him. It's hard to watch ninety guys, you know, when things are going all over the place. But as far I guess eighty seven, but you know, as far as it's you know, it's good to see with Schwartz. I will say watching him in minicamp. Now it was the first day or two with the judge jugs machine. And then with the quarterbacks throwing at him, he dropped more than he caught. You know, I thought, wow, this guy's all speed, kind of like Willie Mays Hayes, you know, he's got, (laughs) he's got the the speed, but he can't catch, you know, a little back. Yeah. Drop for a get him a live chicken. (laughs) Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's good to see. And I think that's exactly what they brought him in here for, you know, to um, stretch the field and do the things that they want him to. So anything he does and Baker, Baker looks good. You know, he was sharp, you know, throwing the ball. OBJ, I said was, he wasn't in the team, but, but he was doing everything and cutting just like you would think he would in a game. So it wasn't like they were worried about him you know, slipping or, or hurting himself running routes because he was running them full speed. Yeah, probably more of a load management. And we <laughs> our producer Ian Look always on top of Ian, it. Ian man. Always on top of it. Um but runs yeah, like uh, haze. It's it's <laughs> like <laughs> 
Um, We're going to see Schwartz doing push-ups by the, uh, by the jugs machine. <laughs> Our young guys probably don't even know who Bob Hayes is. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. The bullet. Won the Olympics. Yeah. And then one of the first Olympians to go to the NFL and be successful. Absolutely. We should have mentioned uh, uh, yesterday because we started yesterday and we started tonight talking about there's nobody on the pup list. Everybody's active and that's great. That doesn't mean that they're all going to be out there going full bore 100% every single day. They will, especially with the guys coming off of uh, injury, like Fred said, Odell and Grant Delpit and guys like that. And maybe some of the other veterans. Um They'll load management, I guess, is the word, yeah. you know, they'll be like That's every other word. day. They won't be in team drills or, you know, something they're not going to overwork these guys in August because September is when it's important. So that that's important to note there. I did see another question uh, about Anthony Schwartz. Apparently he, he uh, got a couple of reps at, at Gunner today Yeah, uh, on punt coverage. Fred, have you heard anything about uh, the kicking game and the kick return game as far as him or anybody else? Well, they had Felton there too, you know, and to be honest, I don't know if that's what they drafted those guys to do, but to me, I think that's a coach first day of practice. You know, you're not going to put them right out there with the, with, you know, the the return guys were most of the guys from last year. And at my report, you know, Jojo Natson coming off the ACL is still quick as ever, you know, and he was back there and he's the incumbent, you know, that's what they brought him in for. And I think ultimately you're going to see Schwartz and Felton battling with him, but they had people's Jones and, and uh, you know, Natson, a couple other guys back there doing the punts and kicks. But I think primarily um, they're exposing guys like Schwartz and Felton to, to all those phases, you know, Gunner and, right. you know, the speedy guys and here and there. And so, that's what they call cross training. And, and again, as a rookie, I mean, there's guys they might intend to end up being starters, but for the most part, they had the incumbents back there. I mean, Greedy Williams was with the first team right. um, before he left practice. Greg Newsome, I think many of us think he may overtake Williams, but I think you're going to see, you know, they defer to the, to the veterans, you know, and, and they're not going to hand these rookies anything. Um, I think Delpit was behind Harrison in the two two safety set. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, they're trying to get these guys ready for the season. And people are going to say, might not even see them in the preseason much, you know? Sure. I mean, what do you really want to see out of OBJ? Why would you even play him? Maybe a series just yeah. to, you know? Absolutely. You know, Lock and it, off, yeah. that's how these things go. You want to be ready for the season. And Stefanski did allude to that because of 17 games, they're going to approach the preseason a little different this year. And it's a long haul now. It's more of you're starting to, you know, obviously nowhere near 162 game baseball season, but 17 is like 170 games. Sure. You know, it's a marathon. It's turned into a marathon. (laughs) It is. So, and then you're talking about playoff aspirations, you're talking about 20. 2021, 22 possible games. So all things being said, yeah, I think that you got to read into everything with a grain of salt. They're trying to look at these guys, evaluate guys, as well as get them ready for the regular season. That's their total goal. Sure. And we should note too, uh, because they're obviously the leadoff questions were about greedy. He was pulled off the field, but from what we understand, it was not his call. He didn't yeah. ask exhaustion, I believe. Like the trainers 
were being yeah. overly cautious for the report that I read. So it wasn't like he was begging off or anything. Well, like he that. he tweeted. I retweeted it just a little bit right. ago. Greedy tweeted said right. the trainers thought I I looked I looked weird, so they pulled. They told me come out the field. I'm I'm right. perfectly fine. Yeah. All right, let's get one or so two more that's questions. That's good news. That is good news. That is good news because he 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 of all people he he really needs to get some reps. You know, <laughs> he really needs yeah. it. Let's get a couple questions for Fred before we get him out of here. I know he's a busy busy man. Uh, Vanilla Man was wondering about the defense, and I'm kind of with Vanilla Man here. Is you know a lot of new faces on that defense. Uh, overall, what did you hear? Did everyone look kind of sharp today? It's going to be a work in progress, obviously with so many new starters on D, but uh, how were, how were the guys adjusting today and kind of elaborate on that a little bit, Fred? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're running all kinds of different looks, but yeah. you know, like I said, they were using a base defense, you know, which is four, four up front and three linebackers and, and then four in the secondary. Sure. I think ultimately you're going to see, you know, like he's talking about a four two with five defensive backs yeah. and the interchange ability that's why they're they're moving Newsom inside outside they got Troy Hill they got Denzel Ward they got Greedy Williams those four guys and then you got three top of the line safeties so you really got what I would say seven top defensive backs and if you're going to play five of them I think they're going to mix and match and see who's the best fit the other thing is JOK would most likely be penciled in at that four two five look or Jacob Phillips and with JOK not there, you know, obviously he's, he's not in that look. And so some of the personnel, in fact, Fields was also one of those guys. So they might not run as much of that based on the personnel available, but you know, I think you're going to see all kinds of stuff. I mean, they're going to expose the, but, but they know that the video's going with the fans and with the, you know, even the the reporters and the tweets and all that, and these other teams do look at it. So they're just they're just kind of trying to be very vanilla in what they're showing at all, even in practice. A lot of that stuff, sure. believe it or not, they do in walkthroughs be, before the media is allowed, you know, to come out. Absolutely. Yeah, and JOK, we talked about this last night when we came on after you uh, and Barry, you guys did your uh, 53 projection. And I made the point that JOK is such a unique player with so many different abilities that if he comes back from the the COVID thing and shows great coverage skills, which he did in college, and they're confident in him, that might affect, A, who they keep on the 53 in the safety and or cornerback room, the, the back end of that, and B, if he's at one of the two in the four two five, it allows you to stay in whatever base defense passes more. Uh, these days far more frequently because you don't have to swap him out for a coverage guy. So I mean, I'm sure that's something that they're looking at, but have you heard anything in that world uh, so far? I know it's only day one, so we're probably jumping the gun. Yeah. They haven't talked about it, you know, specifically with him because he's not there and they won't talk about, you know, guys that aren't on the field. But as far as I think that's exactly what they want to do, Steve, they want to, because so many of these teams get into the two minute or hurry up, Right. And you don't you're not able to substitute. Right. And if you got these speedy athletic guys that could play at linebacker or cover, you know, as almost like a safety with yeah. three of them back there, that's exactly what you want in these teams that are in the two minute, you know, offense. 
and you got your athletic guys, not these big huffing and puffers that can't get right. in and off. They got <laughs> the athleticism out on the field. All right, Fred, I got one more for you. What, what are the, the position group that I'm most fascinated by? I know you said Billings was one of the top stars they had today. What was that? What did that interior defensive line uh, rotation look like today? Jackson and Billings were the two um, out there with the first four on the defensive line, you know, and then it was just a mash of running, you know, several guys like Jordan Elliott and Tommy Togiai. Yeah. Um, beyond that, kind of lost in the shuffle, you know, because they'll do a play and they'll have one one group there, you know, and sure, and it's hard to even see twenty two guys mixing. But but yeah, Jackson and Billings were out there with the starting group and. And we'll track the trends as time goes on here on yes, a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. See if they come back the next day. So that's the big thing. As far as the edge rushers go, uh, I just just noticed this, uh, a notice by omission. One name I didn't hear at all uh, was Jadevian Clowney uh, today. Now, obviously, they're in helmets and shorts. They're not actually doing anything. It was seven on seven. It's not like he had a lot. There was a lot of opportunities for the edge rushers to do edge rusher fun stuff. But did you hear anything about? I mean, obviously, we think those are your top two, Miles and 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 Clowney, and then Tack and Weaver and all those guys. Anything at all about the edge group come out today? Uh no. You know, it's kind of like at this time of camp, it's the shiny object. You know, right. you're looking at the quarterback and the receipt, and sometimes you just didn't get to all the different ones or you're thinking I'll go look at the DL sure. and then they switch, switch around and move around. And you just, I mean, you think of at the end of the day, you're going, Oh yeah, I forgot about John Johnson. Oh yeah. I forgot about, you know, there's right. so many guys out there. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you just, you know, it's hard to even lock in. I guess the first day you kind of are looking at the bakers and the OBJs and the shine Jarvis and miles and, and uh, you kind of forget about some of these guys till you get tuned into them, and so absolutely that will that will be as the days come on. I know Miles talked about Clowney and how impressed he was with him and McKinley. So, you know that was that was good to hear and how they fit in as well. Beautiful. Well, Fred, this is going to be a you know I hope uh, I looking. It's a thrill for me to work with you on a day to day basis like this. I'm looking forward to this season like none other. Um, I, we already took up a little bit. We'll went over a little bit than what we asked you to come on originally, but I it's appreciate. Right. It. I'm going to build Barry overtime. Yeah, yeah it, baby, <laughs> Bill LFA. Well, thanks for joining us, Fred. Thanks for bringing in us that great insight. It's truly appreciated. I know everyone in the chat appreciates the hell out of you too, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me on, and I look forward to it. Yeah, keep it thanks, going. Roger. Have a great show, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Fred. The great Fred Griefham, everyone. Oh, Fred, the best. Man. So, guys, we got uh, we got Brad uh, Stainbrook coming on in about five minutes for us. Um, gosh, man, that was some. I tell you, Great questions as always. This is yeah. See, back when when we we first started this and we were looking around uh, at whatever, uh, you know, how is this going to work and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you remember, and you were you told me as yeah. an experienced streamer, the toughest part is building the community. Yes. And my immediate thought was the first time you said it, and you can vouch for me on this, I said, we already have it. Yeah. You know, Barry and Fred and Lane and those guys built the OBR community. 
and absolutely just smart Browns, not only rabid Browns fans, obviously, but smart Browns fans here yes. in ATI and all the any other place that we're, we're allowed to, you know, uh, get questions from you guys. Almost all of them are just they're not the typical drivel that you hear from, you know, uh, other places. <laughs> we we have smart fans that ask smart questions that are applicable and it's day one of camp and look at the chat. It's already <laughs> popping and and people are. Uh, <laughs> and uh, God. people are Damn already it, Jared. up on day one. <laughs> oh, you love to see it. No, it's it, it's you know, and I think that's when because I had you know I have so much experience with Twitch. I have over three thousand hours streamed, and that's the the thing that I loved about Twitch opposed to YouTube. Uh, just in my own personal experience, I'm talking before I even worked for the OBR, was the com- how the community interaction was on twitch it's unlike none other and that's what i told you guys was your you know your community is already built you know you just got to build it build the twitch channel and they will come and, and and my goodness there's 96 of you in here on the first day of training you know first practice day of training camp in the at the end of july i mean it's it's incredible it, it's absolutely it's like, incredible it's seriously like the draft show on day three some of you were there i know some of you were by it was the fifth round and jake and i were just exhausted we were exhausted after three days of being on the air and the whole run-up and everything and there was almost a thousand people watching live yes, absolutely in the fifth round and i remember going i know i know i have a problem but man don't you guys have lives what and i was i was one of the, was i was wrong. one of the psychos watching trust me and great. shout out to the new followers we've had since we started simple right. tim what's up tim i tim's from my uh from my twitch community i hope you're doing well man rabid browns fan and mr vanilla man thank you for the host as well Thank you guys for those follows uh, and hosts. Before we bring Brad on here in just a second, let's uh, let's go ahead and, and pay some bills one more time. Let's do sure. uh, remind everybody we've got for the rest of tonight, just until today, it ends tonight, 50% off subscriptions to the website uh, with all the Browns coverage that uh, you have uh, come to know and love over the decades from the OBR. Uh, tonight, it ends tonight. And uh, <laughs> it ends tonight, and uh, you get it for the entire year. This is an annual membership, so if you currently have a monthly membership, you can upgrade to the annual for half price. It actually turns out to be much cheaper, uh, so that's a great deal right there. And yes, Jake is unfortunately still with his family. <laughs> unfortunately, and shout out to they Jared. They're not going to and... let me forget that, man. <laughs> and shout out to Jared and Phil for those follows. Thanks, guys. Oh man! All right, what's uh, what's bringing uh, what's bringing in Brad? I'm gonna add Brad here. Brad, if you're ready, I will add you to the add you to the stream, buddy, and then uh, we're gonna Brad get Steinbrook, you. Our we're own, gonna... uh, yes, we call Lane the ultimate insider. Brad uh, is kind of the ultimate insider junior, uh, but boy, is this guy he is killing it, man! He knows everything. He is. Uh, when I uh, when I need when I, I have a question, if uh, Lane oh, is Brad's, exposed, I yeah. ask Brad, and he Brad's great. Track it down for me. Brad's so. great, and and his IG game is unlike none other, man. It's he, it's incredible. His IG game, it's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a, pe- people think it's just like as easy as just posting pictures, and you know, eh, a little bit more than that, man. He, he's you could tell he's really putting the effort, and uh, it shows, man. And, and at the end of the day, it's not even it's a lot of effort, but it's just great content. You know, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, what's that, Brad? Now, I think he's ready. He's got his mic muted, but uh, we're going to add him. And if there he is, there he is. Brad Stainbrook from the OBR. What's up, Brad? What's going on, guys? Oh, man. Just, uh, I don't know, Steven. Question to you. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> yes. 
First of all, thanks for taking time. Uh, I know Absolutely. on day one, especially, um, you've got, you know, uh, try to talk to everybody because it's the first time to get information from this guy and you haven't seen that guy in a few weeks and all that kind of stuff. So I know you're really busy. So we appreciate you taking some time to come in and answer uh, some questions from us and from the chat, you guys in the chat. They Absolutely. Want, keep they want Brad the verified, man. They're they're gonna be they're grabbing their torches and pitchforks, man. Well, like I told Brad, uh, uh we are um whoops, I didn't mean uh, to highlight that one. Us at, at the verified meeting, we are voting <laughs> My bad. on Sunday. So I'll put in a word for you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Uh, hey, you know, we'll see what happens. Um I still got hope. They've denied me twice, but sure. for the third time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you're going to have to go through the hazing, but other than that, I think <laughs> right. that would be okay. Hey, um, well, let's jump right into it. Uh, we we yeah. uh, talked with Fred about some of these things, but we want to get your take on it as well. Uh, no names on the pup list. It's leading into camp for the first time in a while. Uh, of course, we had the story with Greedy today, and we were not sure why Derek Willies was out and all that kind of stuff, but uh, thoughts on that? Anything you've heard uh, moving forward as far as the pup list or any of the injured guys, guys coming back from injury, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's news from yesterday, but it's worth it's worth, you know, stating again. So the Browns are not placing anybody on the pup list, you know, the physically unable to perform list. Um, that means players like Odell Beckham Jr., Grant Delpit, Chris Hubbard, Greedy Williams, Jadavion Clowney, who wasn't with us last year, but Curtis sure. Weaver, who the Browns are very high on Curtis Weaver, who's changed his body this offseason. Um now, that doesn't mean all the players will be thrown out there at 100%. They all have their own um, guidelines they have to follow. Um, but they were healthy enough to pass the fitness test, which is important, and it's great news for the team. I can't remember the last time the Browns were. They placed nobody on that list. It's been a while. Yeah. It's huge news for the Browns. Um, so it's just great news as the Browns enter training camp. And I was actually just going to ask you, are you surprised that no one was started off on the pup? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. you know, when I got – the uh when i got a text yesterday that's saying the browns weren't going to place anybody on the test i i checked with like curtis weaver because i know he was dealing with injuries last year and that's why miami dropped him guys remember he was a fifth round draft pick so yes um you know the browns have really high hopes on him and um they're, they're excited to see what they have with him the one I, the, the one i was most surprised about i mean we've seen the videos of odell so it really i mean i guess yeah it's yeah kind of surprising but not really uh, Delpit was almost a year, almost a full calendar year. Sure. So expected him to, right. you know, be out there greedy as well. You know what? Two months ago, whenever it was, he said he was mm-hmm. good, all that kind of stuff. The one I was surprised to see moving so well and just a sleeve, no brace or anything like that was Chris Hubbard. Um, yep. because it was later in the season, uh, that he went down. He didn't have the full calendar year to recover from, uh, it was the ACL, if I'm not mistaken, like Delpit did from his Achilles. So did you hear anything specific uh, about Chris Hubbard? He looked normal to me. I mean, granted, they're going half speed, but he looked normal to me out there. Did you hear anything about uh, specifically about Chris Hubbard today? Um, other than that, he looked good and he's been progressing well. Um, just a lot of players, you know, trying to get in for him. But yeah, I just know he has progressed well and, you know, they're excited to see what they have. And he has to perform well this camp because the Browns are paying him a lot of money. So he, uh, this is a very important camp. He's he's entering the you know the later years of his career, so this is a very important camp for him to show off to try to get a, a spot on the roster. Yeah, and you know if nothing else, if he shows out uh, well, it, it might be here, but he might also raise his value and get exactly. traded somebody yep. if the numbers don't work out in his favor for whatever reason. The, he might raise his value to the point where he goes someplace that he can play a lot, and the Browns get something decent in return. Sure. Yep. And we had a we had a lot of questions uh, in the chat since the stream started about two players in particular. Uh, we asked Fred, and uh, I guess I'll just run it by you. Uh, health, health, 
health as far as since we're on the health subject. Yeah. Uh, JOK, uh, who is on, who was placed, uh, who is placed in the COVID protocol. Yeah. And also Gritty Williams, I guess, had to come off the field today too. Anything you can yeah. add to what Fred already told us? Gritty Williams. Yeah. I was listening to you guys earlier. You guys pretty much nailed it. Um, you know, the trainers were just being a little caution. Uh, and, you know, they were just trying to be uh, careful because, you know, he did overcome a pretty significant injury outside of football. So, yeah. uh, you know, the Browns just wanted to be careful with it. Uh, but I do have some news on Tony Fields. Uh, I've reached out to people close to Tony Fields, and I have not heard back. And usually that's not a good sign, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but with Fields and JOK out, if I were a player like, you know, Mac Wilson, Elijah Lee, Montreal Meander, you know, you have to take advantage of that because, you know, right. they'll get they'll get more reps. And, you know, even players like Meander and Lee, they have to earn a spot for even a special team spot. So, you know, they just have to take advantage of these reps and, you know, we'll see what happens. Sure. I would just like to point out at this point, uh, Brad is less than half my age and he's already cool enough to say things like, I reached out to people close to Tony Fields. I would I would love to be that cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, I think at my age you now, it's just not going to happen. You you may be verified, but you ain't that cool, brother. <laughs> no. Hell no. <laughs> I'm verified, but I don't hang out with the cool kids. That's Yeah, and uh, Derek Willies, I know I saw a tweet about him not participating, but as Fred said in the email by the team, uh, they were not stating. So it, according to the team, he was practicing. I know he wasn't in a helmet, but he was walking through, so that's good enough for the team, I guess, to consider him as a uh, – participant today sure and you mentioned uh curtis weaver uh not to switch right. gears on you too fast you said he's kind of transformed his body a little bit can you elaborate a little bit on that or are we talking like just kind of muscled up a little bit yeah muscled up uh he 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 lost some weight added some muscle and i, I just know the browns I've, I've heard this all off season are very high on curtis weaver beautiful yeah that was apparent by how quickly they jumped on him last year because, right yeah yeah you know, I don't think the ink was dry on Miami trying to sneak him through waivers before Andrew. Yeah, and I think last year the Browns were pretty high up on that waiver wire, so they uh, they didn't have to go through a lot of teams. Uh, moving on, something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, everybody's been saying this all off season, and it continued into today. Uh, Baker, he's taken some heat in the past, especially during 2019, for you know I, maybe having a belly or you know you know the yeah. way people they. <laughs> exaggerate these kind Dylan of things. fat shame he looked amazing <laughs> he and did I've, from all import uh all reports he looked beyond sharp he looked like in mid-season form can you tell us anything more about baker what did you hear on him today yeah yeah so you know he was slinging it around today i heard all the media talking about him uh as you guys remember on monday on the twitch launch uh, i mentioned that someone close to baker told me that well, who was working with Baker uh, this offseason that he's coming into tr uh, camp amazing shape. And obviously you can see that's true now. He he really has put work in this offseason. And it's uh, it's I know it's only one day, but it's paying off. He looks good. He did look he I mean, arguably probably the best shape he's been in since he's been a Brown. Yeah. Um, he looks rocked up. He definitely does. And again, it's the first day of practice. It's seven on yeah. seven. They're throwing against air. Obviously, <laughs> all of those things apply. But that doesn't mean we still can't be excited. But exactly, have a man. good time and enjoy the moment. You know, yeah, I mean, how many how many training camps have we been on the day one and throwing against air? Our quarterbacks oh. are three out of seventeen. <laughs> you know, so. I mean, let's enjoy the moment here, guys. Right. <laughs> oh, no. It, yeah, it's it, this is how it's going to be until we kick off week one. We know this. This, I mean, this is the most anticipated 
Brown. I'll be 40 this year, and this is the most anticipated Brown season since I was probably seven. So, you know, this is going to be the norm until we actually kick off. Uh, If you guys have any any more questions in the chat for Brad, fire them off. He's only going to be with us Um, here. I can also touch on. uh, Yeah. Go for it, Brad. Uh, Dearness Johnson, he uh, he missed practice today. He had a very good excuse. Of course, he gave birth to his uh, well, his significant other gave birth to the child, not him. Um, but I'm told he'll be on his yeah. way to Cleveland. Uh, you know, sticking with Dearness Johnson, people close to Johnson believe that it's going to be for the um, the running back three battle. It's going to be between him and Felton. I find it hard to believe the Browns will move on from Felton already, but at the same time. Uh, you have to remember last year, Dontrell Hilliard, it was against Dontrell Hilliard and Dearness Johnson last year, and Johnson turned eyes and impressed. Uh, so so we'll see what happens, but just something to watch out for as camp develops. Sure. Yeah, now, if he had given birth to a child, that would be a great excuse. That yeah, be- <laughs> sure. But unfortunately, he was with his family. Unfortunately, he, he was with his family. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? I don't think that, that's not going to die for a while, man. I'm sorry, Steve. That's not going to die for no, a while. No, I am going to. Uh, I am never going to live that one down. How about this one, Brad? Janovich, is he in trouble for a roster spot? You know, I thought last year he never really – found his role in the team of, you know, blocking, but um, I could see the Browns moving with the younger pieces. I know they have um, his name slipping my mind right now. The second fullback who was on the practice squad, Johnny Stanton, uh, you know, they have him that uh, I, I don't really know if they would prefer him over uh, Janovich, but I just know that uh, there's been history with, uh, with Janovich and they just like him and, you know, we'll see what happens with that one. Question in the chat about Ronnie Harrison. Uh, uh, yes. From uh, Javon. Uh, hey, from Javon. Yeah, he's a longtime uh, listener of the pod. What's going just on, says, Javon? any word on Ronnie Harrison? I'm assuming that means uh, the contract talks, but if there was any word on him, the player as well. Uh, yeah, no, the contract too. talks. Uh, my understanding is those contract starts, uh, you know, happen sometime this offseason, and they were short-lived, and, uh, you know, they haven't been revisited. So we'll see what happens, and that's something to watch as the season develops. But I just know the Browns have at least contacted Ronnie Harrison's, you know, uh, agents, and they've had interest. And, you know, we'll just see if that develops into anything, you know, more significant this off se- or this season. Yeah, he is in a contract year, uh, which is an important fact. But they did trade for him just a year ago. So right. sure. Um, with all the contracts they have up, there's a chance he could be end up being the odd man out, especially if Grant Delpit comes back and looks healthy and like the Grant Delpit they imagined he could be during his draft cycle. But I also know they really like Ronnie Harrison. Uh, and did you hear anything about him as far as on the field today? Uh, I have not. Uh, again, just only one day, so it was it was just hard right. to check on a lot of names. So, um, but I, I will definitely revisit that name. You know, coming tomorrow or wherever. <laughs> Do you? I think I know you get asked this question all the time, but I, I want to. I'm I'm a little surprised that none of these players have been extended yet. I thought we maybe get one before. Yeah, considering Christmas. last year, you know, Andrew Barry's first extension happened. Um, right. The middle of July. I know it was during the pandemic, so you know probably a little more time to handle some things. But uh, yeah, I am a little surprised, and I would be very shocked, honestly, if I'm shocked and maybe a little bit concerned if there was an extension done by the end of training camp, heading into week one. You yeah, know, you just think about it. That that's a lot of extensions to take care of. And seven. It I'm is. not saying Andrew Mary can't do it. He can, but it's just <laughs> just something to watch. Yeah. 
Well, let me ask you this, sir, since we're on the subject of the extensions, and, and remember, we're going to hold you to this and attack you for it <laughs> on social yep, media yep. if you're wrong. I won't. From now. He's but verified. To, <laughs> he will, but I won't. Don't, don't <laughs> if, you, if you had to take what, your money and place it on one of the guys that's out there right now in that group that we've all been talking about that are in contract years coming up and say they would be the first one, who would Brad Steinberg's money go down on right now is going to be the first one to ink a new deal? Right now, I think it. If I were Andrew Barry, uh, it has to be between Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield. I'd probably throw the names in the hat and pick one. Um, but I would say Baker Mayfield, just because Cleveland has not had a franchise quarterback in a while, and it looks like they finally have one. So why wait? Why have to pay him a few extra million dollars? Uh, you can make the case to wait. You can make the case to sign him now. And you know, I think signing him now would not be stupid. Here's one from Sparky D two one three. Is DPJ on the Bud Bowl? No. I don't, yes. No. No. The Browns are very high on him, uh, and you know he's he's going to have a bigger role this year, and then just wait next year if Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham Jr. are not on the Please. roster. Just wait for him, and you know watch for Anthony Schwartz. I know they're two different players, but watch for him. Watch for the Browns to bring him on like they did Donovan Peoples Jones last year. Whew, Brad, you bring it hot, man, and I love it. I can't wait. This is going to be a fun. I said the same thing to Fred. This is going to be such a fun season. This is wild, man. Anything, anything else, uh, anything else you want to add before uh, we get you out of here, my friend? Uh, nothing on my mind. No. One more question in the chat sure. that I saw. Uh, yep. tro did Troy Hill move around from inside to out today or, or did he stay in one spot or is it just um, too soon to tell? Cause there's I'm not sure. I think it's yet. too soon to tell. I wasn't actually paying attention to that one. Uh, but of course, as camp goes on, I, definitely write that one down and pay attention Absolutely. yeah like fred said there's you know almost 90 guys out there running around doing 10 yep. different things at the same time it's just impossible for one guy to to take care of all of them and keep uh keep up with all of them so uh if you have any more questions for brad he's going to be uh jumping out here in just a few minutes go ahead and shoot him in the chat right now now uh, is the time uh, like i said he is cool enough to say i reached out to people close to a player <laughs> and so i'm just glad yeah. to live in his orbit to be honest yeah. And also about Odell. I, I don't know if you guys sit on this, but you know, he was out there, but he did not participate in the team drills. Uh, so just, I know he already had his shoes off actually airing him out um, when team drills, but so they're just bringing him slowly on. Uh, right. Anthony Walker, anything on Anthony uh, Walker? I know he was, Go ahead, he was in the starting lineup or the starting, you know, linebackers. It was Taki Taki uh, Walker and Wilson, which was, Cool to see Mac Wilson out there in the starters because you know he has to battle this camp. But other than him changing number to four, nothing really. Okay. Holy smokes, man! Everyone, I can tell, man. People, people the, <laughs> Browns fans love you, dude, and and they should because you provide really, really good content between your your Instagram and uh, oh, Twitter. And, yes, I saw that comment right now. Hodge, he. Uh, they signed him or they signed him to the tender. So this is his last year. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can find a spot for him on the roster. It's a very loaded wide receiver. Um, I know they really like him. And he, I know Cody had that good stat. Uh, what was it? I can find it real quick. He was the only wide receiver in the NFL last year where 100% of his receptions <laughs> resulted in a first down. I know it was only like 12 receptions, but I don't that's... care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a very impressive stat. And uh, I know the Browns are high on him, but, you know, we'll see if they can find him a spot. I know he's played special teams and he had those three big catches. I remember he like dived. I think it was against the giants to really seal the deal. He had extended his body to like go bit backwards and make the catch. So 
Um, you know, we'll see if he can find a spot on the roster. Come, yeah, he had uh, a great later. catch in the last in the season uh, finale against Pittsburgh to get to. Get yeah, to the maybe that's the one I'm well. thinking of. But yep, yep. Uh, a couple other names that they've uh, thrown into the chat here. Anything on John Johnson? And I think you've answered this one before, but we'll throw it again. Xavier uh, Howard, uh, his situation yeah. is becoming more public. Are the Browns involved at all? I. I don't think so. I, I haven't heard them at all. Um, I know fans were freaking out when they heard Greedy Williams. My DMs were spamming with Xavier uh, Howard. But uh, you guys got to remember about Xavier Howard. Uh, he wants a new contract. So right. when the Browns acquire Xavier Howard, they want him. Xavier uh, Howard will want more money. And the Browns, uh, they have to start watching their money. So they're not in a situation where they were last year where they could go spend a few extra dollars. So uh, they got to start being careful about that. And I, I have not heard the Browns uh interested in him and i would be surprised too i know ian rapaport said two playoff teams but uh I, I would be shocked yeah yeah and and i brought this up last night and you tell me because you you actually talk to these guys with all of these looming contracts and this build that's gone on and the opportunity that's in front of them to win and everything like that to give the first big bag of money to an outsider might not be the best thing for the locker that would definitely uh, turn some heads in the locker room yep Right, right. And then uh, somebody else asked about uh, uh, John Johnson. Anything uh, on him today? Uh, nothing on John Johnson, but I do see another question. Who was calling plays today? I know I yeah. saw a report stating that uh, AVP was calling him on the walkie-talkies. But if I remember correctly last year, just something to watch, I believe that was the same case. And then Kevin Stefanski announced he was announcing plays. So I don't know if they're going to give it to him this year, uh, but that was just something to note. Sure. One more, a player that uh, I was excited about last year when the Browns got him in the second round. Uh, I'm excited to finally see him on the field. Anything on Grant Delpit other than, uh, I mean, I mean, I know, I, honestly, I was a little surprised that he was not on the uh, pup list, but uh, here we yeah. are. It's been, it's been, it's a, been year. a year now. It's It's yeah. been about a year now, right? And, you know, in all the, all, he was not as heavy as Odell, but he also made sure social media saw his rehab process and, uh, sure. and uh, you know, he looked great. So, uh, it's not really a surprise to me. And I know the Browns are excited what they can do with, you know, Ronnie Harrison and Grant Delpit and, and all those players. Right on. Well, Brad, it's going to be a fun season, dude. Uh, appreciate you coming on with us tonight. And uh, yeah, man, we'll make this, uh, you know, hopefully we can get, get you on for a few minutes like this very regularly. I, I would love it, man. I know the, I know the fans in the chat would love it too. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yep. You're the man, Welcome dude. Anytime, my friend. The great Brad Steenbrook. All right, Brad, you can follow him at Browns by Brad. Later, Brad. Hell yeah, man. I tell you, we for hour one, we get we get the legend Fred Greetham, and then now we get Brad Stainbrook just dropping juicy, juicy stuff to us. It's well, what's so great about it is, you know, we plan when you plan a show like this, you have you know topics you're gonna cover and segments you want to do and all this kind of stuff. And we plan stuff in case there's not enough questions in the chat or anything like that. And we haven't yep. touched anything that we planned. It's been it's been no, all you guys. No, we've, we've absolutely. And honestly, that's that, that you know that that's 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 what live streaming on Twitch is honestly all about. It really is. It's about interacting with the community, whatever that community may be. Like mine was horror video games when I streamed on my personal channel. So you know, here it's one of the best communities in the world. That being Cleveland Browns fans and OBR fans. So. Yeah, this is a beautiful thing. All right, it's it's pretty much that eight o'clock hour. Uh, for hour coming on pretty soon. Yeah, hour two. We got the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, Mr. Jeff Lloyd from Locked On Browns. I'm gonna pull him in right now. I think he's ready. He's always ready. Are you kidding? When, when is Jeff Lloyd not ready? 
You know Jeff's ready. Let's get him in. <laughs> There's the man. There he is. What's you know up, him brother? From Locked on Browns. He's feeling Ooh. pretty dangerous. I like it. What's up, brother? Uh, so everything's going swimmingly, fellas, is what you're saying. Uh, yes. Going f- f- uh, freely and easily. Yeah, I remember those days, guys. I did. I remember those days. Um, and it'd be like, you know, it'd be like, hey, well, look at this. I got 62 topics. We only need five. Yeah. And then there's certain times where it's like, you know, and, and knock on wood. I mean, could something maybe happen? They, you know, right. I mean, yeah. like something, you know, and even Steve, you know, obviously, as everybody knows, uh, and Andy, obviously, congratulations with, you know, obviously the opportunity here. Um, Thanks, man. Appreciate with- it. With, you know, your background of, you know, this from, you know, what you were doing prior, uh, just a natural transition, diehard Browns fan that you are, you know, going over to this way. Um, but even getting Steve out of my show, you know, last couple of times here over the summer and Steve's like, uh, what do you got? Like, I mean, uh, <laughs> I I mean or do we go to like the same old tired reference that Steven do in the offseason of, you know, are, are we going to recap some cheers episodes? I mean, we literally and this is the one is how bad it got is we literally once did a cheers character mock draft. If we Steve did. remembers, <laughs> we that did. was how bad it was. Oh man! Well, well Tortelli, number one overall. <laughs> I I appreciate the kind words, brother. I I try and trust me, I am super grateful for this opportunity for everyone at the OBR for bringing me over. It was a perfect fit for me and for the podcast and everything. And actually, th- this is your second appearance on the show. Um, I actually I, I I ironically had you and Stephen on. And actually, I think we have a highlight from that episode. Uh, we'd oh, like to we'd, we'd like oh, to play highlight or low light. Oh, Mr. it's a high- you're old enough like me to remember the show. This is your life. So I'm going to lead into this, Ian. I hope you have this video ready. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, do you remember this moment? <laughs> Five random ass questions. Jeff, number one, how do you prefer your wings, man? Drums or flats? Hot or mild? I don't really have a preference, but I, I guess I, I don't mind flats, uh, flats sure. and hot. No doubt about it. Hot, I oh, like yeah. peeling those two bones apart and you get yeah, all the stuff on the you inside. Like the work nobody, for it, don't you? You like the work. No, but that's for where it. The, if you actually cook, that's where the best part is between the two bones. That's yes. where the good flavor is. Absolutely. I, I love how Jeff started that by saying, I don't have a preference. And he ended it. Like, <laughs> now he's like, pounding the, <laughs> 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 the table. I don't have a preference. Apparently you, you do care. What? You know what? Here's the thing about flats, mother. <laughs> I don't really care, but listen up, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so last time on the show, uh, Jeff Lloyd uh, says that he didn't have a preference, but then proceeded to yell and Get scream violent. at Stephen and I. But yeah, he chose violence to, to <laughs> to express his love for flats. But you are a Jersey guy, and, and everyone there yells, so it's fine. It's fine. Oh, that was. I mean, that was, I was only at about seven there. Guys. Yeah. Oh, so, I, I mean, know. Not, I oh, mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> what a day that was! What a day that was! That's that's still probably this is episode nineteen, I believe, of, of the Not the Same Old Browns podcast, and I still think that that was my favorite moment of any episode I've done. <laughs> I guess it was the maybe the host in me trying to go PC and say, well, here's this, and then no, never mind. Yeah, no, no, let me no, tell no. you something. Right. Not my show. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Oh, my God. Well, so, uh, yeah, take us off, Stephen. Let's jump into it. Uh, like, you know, it's day one, obviously, so it was very exciting today. Uh, we saw, you know, we saw the news with Greedy. We've gone over that for the past hour. It turns out 
you know, everybody freaked out and it turned out to be nothing. And, you know, Odell looked good and all that kind of stuff. But we I, haven't I had just jump, Let me just jump in here real quick. I am yeah. one of these guys. And as soon as I saw it, I was, I'll be honest. My first thing was, oh, no. But then when you get the explanation, I was this guy every year. You know, sure. there's, there's something when you get out there now and the helmets on. And you got to keep in mind, it's been a calendar year for Greedy. Right. He's not had a helmet on. And, you know, some people, it, it just takes a little while to get used to the heat. You know, and everybody, oh, well, he's from Louisiana. Yeah, no, duh. But these guys work out in air-conditioned facilities. Sometimes it just takes a little bit. You know, is it going to write the story? We'll see. I mean, he's got, obviously, a true competitor here, you know, with Greg Newsom breathing down his neck already. Um, but, look, day one, you know, maybe a little overheated, and these trainers now are so on this that, you know, right. if they see you even roll your eyes, you know, they basically have a medical obligation to say, we got to get you inside. Right, right. Yeah. And and I assume that he is involved in one of these that I'm about to ask you about, but we've all talked about it. Uh, we haven't had a chance to have you on here to talk about it. Uh, some of the most important camp battles you're looking at and maybe some that's not particularly important, but you're just interested in for whatever reason. Your, your outlook on uh, the, the camp battles we're going to have our eyes on here for the next 30 whatever days. Well, you got uh, Steve, you know me and uh, you know, everybody knows me. It's the wide receiver in me because I just don't know how you break this all down. Yeah. Uh, you have two established veterans with Odell and Jarvis. You know, you have the hesitation of bringing Odell back. And look, it's great that he's ready to go. It's great that he's cleared to go. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't mean a hill of beans. He needs to play in regular season games. You're not worried about if he's practicing in August. I'm not. I'm certainly not. You know, Jarvis Landry, supposedly down, what is it, anywhere from 17 to 19 pounds. You do wonder if maybe, you know, what's limited him injury-wise in the last few off seasons is maybe why he was playing at the weight he was at, or maybe because his hip was bothering him, right. not want a little more pushing for the cushion, so to speak. You know, if I'm going to take a hit here, I want to make sure there's a little more something there. But it also makes you wonder, you know, if there, the understanding of, we got a whole bunch of dudes breathing down our neck. You know, Rashard Higgins has zero issue playing here on the cheap. Donovan Peoples-Jones, big catch today. Obviously, nice catch today. Um, a guy I think is going to really make a decent jump. His opportunities, his targets may not increase all that much, um, but it looks like there is a path there for more succession in year two. Anthony Schwartz, even though he's a rookie, comes in here, and as I talk about all the time, he's got a calling card nobody else does in this room. Cardell or Hodge, great special teamer. Um, yeah. blocks well, which they value. So that's yeah, – I mean, you have six wide receivers right off the bat. We're not even sure if they're going to keep six. Yeah. Um, and and the other thing is, is with the progression for where you're going to go after this year, and, I mean, I'll say it a million times, when you're paying two wide receivers $30 million combined, and let's be honest, I don't think there's going to be a, a single player on this Browns roster who has over 1,000 yards receiving this year. I'm not sure it's necessarily there. So you look at people who are great with numbers and look at the structure of the building of their team is if these guys aren't putting out 1,200-yard seasons, what in the world exactly are we paying them $30 million for? Uh, as far as Jarvis Landry, I had two things. One, I cannot believe you just said more cushion for the pushing on our show. Um, <laughs> oh, God forbid. I forgot for me something that comes around associated with Stephen Thomas. Like, that's only for the stage. That's We're only for the delicate. cruise ships. Yes, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff. Jeff is going all out with his Twitch debut today, man. This, this, is, this is great. Second, um, you mentioned the uh, the weight loss, and we all heard that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever that video came out uh, that he mentioned it. And one of the things that I was interested in about it uh, was his game 
uh, and you know, he's never been a guy that's going to beat you down. He's not, he's not going to beat you on a nine route, uh, consistently anyway, like an Odell or an Anthony Schwartz. That's not his game. It never has been. He's shifty. And his game has always been what made him so valuable was he can take that seven yard pass, juke the first guy and consistently turn it into a 12, 13, 15 yard gain, which is incredibly valuable, that extra six to eight yards. So without that extra 17, 19 pounds, whatever it happens to be, I think we might see more of that because we didn't see as much of it last year as we had in previous years. You got any thoughts on that? Well, this also comes into the, you know, Odell being back, Schwartz, possible more playing for in time for Tottenham and Peoples Jones. You put those four out on the field in a four wide receiver set. You let Jarvis work the middle. Obviously, it's going to be single coverage. He's not going to draw a top cornerback. Right. And now you're talking of four or five yard routes where, you know, you're running them either, you know, quick hook to curl where he can shake somebody coming up from behind him or can take it to a sideline, turn it up a sideline. Uh, everybody goes back to that uh, reception and run against the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. Looks really quick there. And that's something I think that we never have really truly seen. And this goes back to where he put up the numbers he did with the Dolphins. And maybe some people misconstrued it where it, when he was on a bad team and there were a lot more opportunities, he was able to put up those type of numbers. But quickness, and look, there's no way around it. He is the slowest wide receiver in that room. If they're all going to line up and race, he's going to lose You know, 10 out of 10 times. Maybe this gives him a better advantage. He's always been more quicker than fast. But right. when you get these opportunities where now there's going to be people threatening 35, 40 yards down the field, and he's only got to bear, worry about beating one guy because it's, you know, normally on third down, everybody would say, all right, where's 80? Because that's where all the attention is going to. Any opportunity where it's Jarvis one-on-one, -on -one, you love those odds. But if it's Jarvis one-on-two, he just wasn't athletic enough, you know, to turn that into more yak. This year, that's probably going to change a little bit. I'm, if you've got I'm questions for it. Jeff, pop them yeah. in the chat. Fire them uh, away, guys. I, I've got a bunch more, but uh, we, as always, we want them from you guys. One I wanted to ask you about, and we've all talked about camp battles. We've talked about the interior defensive line to death. We've talked about the cornerbacks. Yeah. We've talked about the <laughs> wide receivers. One that we don't talk about uh, a lot, but I think is actually very important, especially when you're talking about cap numbers and all that kind of stuff moving forward, is the offensive line room because they have – probably a dozen NFL quality offensive. They're just going to, there's no way to keep them all. There's no way they're going to be cutting or trading NFL quality offensive linemen. who yeah. are going to go elsewhere and take up significant snaps somewhere. What do you see going on? And obviously the, the front five are set barring some kind of injury. What do you see going on in that six through nine or maybe six through 10 spot uh, for here in August? Well, see, that's where, and I totally agree with you. And, you know, if they're in a position where they have to cut any of them, something must've went drastically wrong. Um, look, Chris Hubbard uh, has proven through his time in the NFL, he can pretty much play inside. He can pretty much play outside. You can start him at left guard if you need to. You can start him at right guard. We have seen sure. that here. You can start him at right guard, even though he's probably a little bit undersized for guard, but got the job done. It certainly doesn't help that you got a year under your belt with Bill Callahan with you know where you may have had any warts in your game. There was probably you know an opportunity for those to be refined. You're now invested into a James Hudson inside, outside. Is anybody sure yet? I don't think anybody cares. Uh, they think that they have a nice big ball of clay uh, that can translate somewhere. And again, Bill Callahan, Drew Forbes. Now, Drew Forbes is probably the most interesting one here. Yes. Again, not brought in by this regime. But what do you look at? You look at an athletic profile, which certainly opens up the eyes of this regime. Hasn't really gotten much time with Bill Callahan yet, uh, other than maybe Zoom calls last year. So once, you know, where does this translate? You know, now that we're putting feet on turf, we're putting pads on. And not to mention, we just don't truly even know where Drew Forbes is in his mind, 
in his body, you know, in his athleticism, you know, you know, taking a year off of football is not an easy thing to do. I'm not disrespecting anybody who did it last year, but it's just not easy. And not to mention that he's never really gotten a lot of NFL reps. We don't know if he's even made the jump from his collegiate level to the NFL yet. You go to Harris, you know, the backup center. Now, all of a sudden, you know, here's a position, you know, where the Browns drafted him last year, maybe thought they had a center of the future. And now you look around and, you know, he ended up you know with an injury last year. Other guys got opportunities to play. So his favor within that the ranks of where this is going to be, again, one through five is set. We're talking, you know, maybe you're keeping four. Maybe. I mean, hopefully maybe you find a way to stash somebody. Uh, Alex right. Turner is just a big, old, weird, old body type. And, you know, Steve and I like to talk about this all the time. Um, if you're six foot eight on the offensive line, that's a good start because it takes a lot of time to run around somebody's wingspan who's six feet eight. Right. Um, even if you like, as long as you can hold your ground, it takes a little while to get around that. I mean, you're basically you know, maneuvering sure. your way around the Statue of Liberty. So those are going to be the ones. And I really honestly believe in my heart, if I'm the Browns, I am not playing any one of my starting offensive linemen. They're not seeing one rep. Everything was humming last year. As long as we don't see any issues in any practices or, you know, something where maybe we're putting some something new in and maybe it's confusing them. A number one, don't risk it. But a number two, you're making serious decisions here. You're moving. You, could, you know, if you got to move on from Harris, who you, you know, in his second year, it's a tough spot to be in. Granted, the Browns could be in that position because they are so deep. But you at least want to give the kid an opportunity to go out with a puncher's chances here. I mean, keep in mind, we're talking about a guy who basically was the center all of training camp last year. J.C. Treader did not participate at all during training camp last year. Harris, it was his show, essentially. Um, So it's really, really difficult. Um, It's great to have a guy like Bill Callahan because you feel like every one of these guys is going to get the one-on-one. They're going to get the time. They're going to get everything they need to put in the best position to succeed. And it's just an opportunity. I mean, you want, everybody wants to talk about a guy named Blake, and that's a great story. Um, but let's keep in mind, he was a big-time journeyman before he got here. Yeah. Hey, maybe there's an opportunity for him somewhere else. Maybe there isn't. Then you get it again to a guy like Michael Dunn. And, and now it's just to the point where it's like, how many guys are actually on this pre- right. training camp roster who play offensive line? Because normally, you know, it's a couple of guys. Like, you know right off the bat, him and him, they're gone. Um, they're going to play, you know, fourth-quarter reps, this, that, and the other thing. Um, but it's going to be a serious thing. And I think they're truly going to give these guys an absolute opportunity. And the thing is, these guys are going to be fighting like hell for an opportunity where the Browns offensive coaches pray. They actually never have to take a snap. Right. Exactly. Uh, and just to jump on uh, the Forbes thing you were talking about. Yes. You remember last year at this time, well, maybe not at this time. I can't remember exactly when he opted out, but most of the summer it was Forbes versus Teller. That was the big, discussion and and apparently in the building it was neck and neck it wasn't you know like a decided they should have just listened to me i told them the right way to go and then wyatt teller went out and did what he just mauled the entire nfl for the whole what i wanted to what i wanted to throw at you and get your uh thoughts on uh, not that i want this to happen i'm not just saying but wyatt teller is one of the group of potential contract questions that they have to answer if drew forbes goes out here in august and shows I don't know what the word would be enough. If they, if he shows that they think there wouldn't be that much of a drop off or, or at least that he could do a good job, you know, how much do you think that could affect Wyatt Teller's contract talks since they already have two pretty large cap eating contracts on the interior of that offensive line? This is something that maybe nobody truly wants to hear. 
Um, and I hate to say it because we had him on the show. I think that would be more of a problem for number 75 than it would be for number 77. Interesting. Um, you look at the age of this offensive line. And look, they're not old by any means, J.C. Schrader and Joe Batonio. But you're starting to get to that point where it's, you know, could we start to see a drop-off in play this year? Sure. Could it possibly be next year? And, you know, if you look at what that offensive line did last year, and granted he missed time, uh, there's no denying it with Wyatt Teller. And, you know, look, he had a week out also with the COVID, you know, possibility where Joe Batonio had one too. Who was the best offensive line on the Cleveland Browns last year? I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. So, I mean, why are you not rewarding that? I mean, and it's always going to be about money. And the thing – and if it's Drew Forbes can prove to be an adequate player or maybe, you know, uh, obviously the rookie out of Cincy, if he can maybe turn out to be a left guard, um, you can transfer paying your left guard, who's been a pillar of this franchise. And it's terrible to say – and. I, I could be wrong, but you're always trying to say, hey, can we be as good as we possibly are, being as young as we possibly are, and still maybe applying the same money to that positional group? And it's certainly sure. a possibility. Um, and there's a lot of rumors that, you know, J.C. Treader, and I think a lot of people are surprised J.C. Treader has been in the league as long as he is. Just mm -hmm. a very, very intelligent guy. There's yeah. things J.C. Treader, J.C. Treader could walk out of the NFL tomorrow and yeah. go to any type of thing he Absol wants to do. Absolutely. He's just, you know, and, and Batonio's talked about this you know, when we spoke with him and basically said, you know, yeah, he's really great at what he does, but there's times where J.C. Trader starts talking and a lot of people can't listen anymore, and it's not like they're tuning him out. They just don't understand him. I mean, yeah. he's just that much of an intelligent guy. <laughs> but I think if, you know, for these younger guys to step up, I really wonder about, you know, where it affects J.C. Trader, where it affects – Joel Batonio, because you're always going to want to try to maybe keep that money even. Yes, the cap's going to rise, but you want to hopefully keep that money even with the offensive line. And I just don't know how you move on from Wyatt Teller from the progression. And he played really well. He was one of the cool. few bright spots down the way in 2019. And then what he did in 2020, uh, I just don't know how you could let that walk out Go. the door because it's really hard to find the athleticism, the physicality, and the other thing is, is the kid just loves playing the game. Not saying any of these other guys don't. Right. But you go back to that week where he was, wild, you know, mic'd up against Dallas. Basically, yeah. to the point where the, you know, the the officials were kind of like, dude, just stop talking already. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. I'm just so very excited. And I just don't know. You know, it's and you know, I if for you know, if you're talking about the future of the guard position, why tell us the future of the guard position right now? Absolutely. Let me throw this question out to you, Jeff. We've been asking people all week. Uh, give me one surprise cut and one surprise to make the 53-man roster. The cut ones are easy. I, I mean, I'm sorry, are difficult. Yeah. I think because you – And we're going to lock you in. This is yes. locked in stone, and then we're going to – Of course. Yes. And I'll expect the social media, you know, not last year afterwards. <laughs> no, but I think anybody that we say with the Browns who could be a surprise cut is sure. somebody that can be moved, can be traded. True. And, and it's weird right. to say that. Um, You could turn it – I mean – It's a good point, I man. Say it again. Greedy Williams. And, and it just could be because, again, maybe it's just a change of scenery thing. Um, you know, look, you have Newsom right. here. You brought in Hill. Um, you have, uh, you know, you spent money last year, um, you know, on AJ Green. Uh, they, you know, I know a lot of Browns fans aren't really high on him, but the Browns really liked MJ Stewart last year. They kind of liked what he did. He was plucky. He was tough. Um, when they called his number, he made plays. And to, you know, have him 
And there's the, and it would be totally understandable that if you know Greedy ended up an odd guy out as far as playing time, what does that do for him? And where does that put him in his stance within the locker room? So it's really hard to say like the surprise cut because yeah, we all understand that this team, yeah. if you're going to sit down and try and do a roster right now, you can get to about 60. And then that's when it's, where do I go with these next seven? And like we said with the offensive line, these are all guys that can be moved. You know, right you up. can get something, even if it's, you know, future, you know, day three, whatever. If the guy really takes off, it's, you know, a, a fourth round pick. And it's really advantageous situation to be, to be in. But if Greg Newsom blows Greedy, Greedy Williams' doors off, you know, in the next four to five weeks, where does that leave Greedy Williams? What do you do with, with a player like him? Obviously, very much was you know invested in him as a second-round pick. Uh, missed a lot of time as a rookie. Did play well when he played. Also, they didn't bring him in. They didn't draft him. So, And the other thing is we still don't know. He hasn't tackled anybody. You can say he looks great. You can show me whatever workouts you want to do. But until he tackles somebody and we know his shoulder can handle it, right. we absolute it's a mystery box. We don't know what we have. So I would say a player like Greedy, and I just don't know how we're going to get a surprise cut unless somebody does something really stupid a la Cole Beasley-ish and sure. basically gets you know asked to be cut essentially. But anybody who's borderline of getting cut is certainly going to be worth something on the open market. All right. Give me a surprise to, to make the <coughs> roster. <clears throat> surprise player to make the roster. And actually, I did the cut one to John Costco the other day. Uh, Mac Wilson. I was like, John, what are you doing? He's like, I'm sorry. He's like, that's not bold at all. <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 I went with billions the other day i was trying to be bold i was trying um that is bold a surprise guy to make the roster um i, I think steven carson will make the roster and i know we've talked about this steve i don't think andy janovich is going to make this roster I, I think you can piecemeal fullback enough between kareem hunt if you want to keep d ernest johnson you want to keep four tight ends anyway because if you play two of them a ton you need at least four of them on the roster which puts you in a spot of <laughs> how big is Andy Janovich? And he didn't play great last year. Obviously, some of that was COVID-related. Um, but I think even though this system likes to have a fullback, I think you can find a way to offset having a fullback by asking some other players, hey, if you want to get on the field a little bit more, if I can add a little bit more to your plate, it's better off for us. And obviously, it, in, you know, it, it strengthens your opportunity for being here longer. Yeah, and if you can if you can piecemeal that with a you know a combination of you know a tight end or a fourth running back or a you know whoever bring in maybe some uh, short yardage uh, stuff you bring in an extra offensive lineman to play what would be imagine putting Teller at fullback imagine putting Wyatt Teller at fullback (laughs) exactly but if you can do that if you can. Uh, fullback is one of those positions uh, along with kick returner, because I've seen some people say, Oh, Jojo Natson should be the kicker. He should make the roster just as the kick return guy. Those are both positions, the kind of positions that if you don't have to dedicate a roster spot just to that, it gives you so much more freedom other places. And if they think sure. they can get by for fullback duties with some kind of combination of other players, it allows them to keep an extra tight end or maybe an extra wide receiver, or maybe they sneak one more of those offensive linemen we were just talking about, or the interior defensive linemen that Andy likes to talk about. Cause there's 37 of them on the roster. Yes. They, it just gives you the <laughs> one more spot that you can keep somebody that you just don't want to cut or expose to waivers. <clears throat> Cause with Janovich, there's nothing else. There's nothing else he's right. doing for you, but playing fullback. That's a tough spot for him to be in. Right. Um, and it's just a case so of where true. a year ago, this was a great thing to have. But within, you know, and it's a credit to a front office, it's a credit to everybody, scouts, everybody doing what they're doing. 
But within a year, guys that you really valued as being important, all of a sudden now it's like, oh, we might have to have a difficult talk. Situations change, man. Adapt or die. Yeah. That's the way it is. Got a question. Uh, uh, we're talking about surprise cuts or guys that could be moved. Got a, uh, somebody mentioned Chris Hubbard in the chat. What are your thoughts on, on Chris? I think you touched on him a little bit earlier, but uh, thoughts on him being a movable piece maybe. I, I think you get into a spot with Chris Hubbard. Look, if a GM gets you on the phone and says, look, we're interested in Chris Hubbard, we need a starter. Um, and the other thing is, he, obviously, he's got experience, started for years in Pittsburgh, started here with Cleveland. And you know, w- w- how do you handle that? Because you also – you're to a point now as this front office where, look, you're really starting to look appealing to players and agents. We saw this with Jadavian Clowney. We saw this with John Johnson the third. Um, do you really think, man, our season rides or dies on whether or not we keep Chris Hubbard? No, you probably don't think that. <laughs> but you think, no, but you think, can we do this guy a favor? You know, sure, the guy, right. he wants to play. He wants to Absolutely. play. Absolutely. And by doing that, guess what? You continue to look appealing to, you know, uh, agents, to players. And you're saying, look, I mean, you know, Chris Hubbard could be your sixth, seventh offensive lineman. Somebody's interested. Somebody needs a starter as long as they don't play in the AFC. You're certainly entertaining that phone call. And, you know, Chris was a soldier last year. Whenever he was called, wherever he was asked to play, he did it. But, you know, guys are wired to want to play. And now that Chris sees there's some young guys basically on the same level as him, does he want to be here? Sure, he probably wants to be here. But in his heart of hearts, guy wants to play. Seems and like on top he, of that too. It's I mean, it's not like he has a, you know, $15 million contract. But I, yeah. it's like four and a half or something like that. That could make a difference, you know, uh, sure. with all these contracts that they have, $5 million. Absolutely. When you got, you know, James Hudson sitting right there that you right. just, you know, I, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's I mean, a- but the, and also why pay four and a half million? I mean, that's a hefty, hefty insurance policy for, you know, your right guard and your right tackle. Yeah. That's a hefty, because he's probably not playing left tackle. He's not going to play center. He's most likely not going to play left guard. You're paying him four and a half million dollars to maybe play right guard or right tackle in an emergency. Right. It's a tough spot. Right. And again, it's not like it's not like you don't like the guy or you don't no. think he's worthy or anything. It's just it's just one of those the NFL is a business and sometimes business sucks kind of situations. You know, sometimes things happen that it's nobody's fault. It's just not the right fit. You well, heard it's it here. also but it's also a lot better though. Years ago, if you weren't starting for the Cleveland Browns, guess what? Hello, Canada. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I remember that first season, first couple seasons that you hosted Locked on Browns, and we would talk before the show. You would, go, you would go, dude, what the hell are they putting out there? I go, what's happening? I will never forget this one. And I forget when exactly the moment was. And Pete and I, you know. Maybe if they get Brashard Perriman a little involved, more a little more involved. What the hell did we just say? Maybe if they get yeah. Brashard Perriman a little bit more involved. Oh my God, is this how bad it is? I mean, it works, granted, but it was like, oh man, is this really how bad it is? We're hoping they get Brashard Perriman a little bit more involved. Uh, question from the chat from Cleveland Guy24. If to <clears throat> excuse me, if Demetric Felton makes the team, is he do you think see him in the wide receiver room or the running back room? I see him in both, but this is where, you know, I don't know necessarily he's going to run the ball, but he brings something and similar to Anthony Schwartz. He brings something into that running back room that nobody else does. Look, Kareem Hunt's a great receiver. He's not as athletic of a route runner that Demetri Felton is. You go back to that, you know, Texas route. It was one against Washington State, the one I always go back to. And he actually kind of looks like Jarvis Landry in the open field, taking that one in the house. Um, you probably, if you're going to entertain him, a little bit more as a running back. 
you're going to want a little bit more meat upstairs. You know, I mean, you know, another five to 10 pounds before mm -hmm. he starts going to play against the Steelers, starts going to play against the Ravens in run defense, you know, and, and taking on, you know, linebackers like Queen, like Devin Bush, guys built to that size. But he brings something to that room. And that's kind of what you got with almost every one of these rookies. And even though he's a six round pick, he will run the prettiest routes out of any running back they have on this roster right now. And that's got to account for something somehow, some way. Maybe if you're going to start to finally go more no huddle with Baker Mayfield, which it kind of really looks like he's been itching to do since the day he got here playing at a faster tempo. Um, but again, it's a nice thing where you have these players on the field. And as you're breaking the huddle, you still got defenses saying who's going where, pointing right. fingers, he's playing here. And Felton, you know, just as we've seen many times where Jarvis Landry's lined up in the backfield, Demetri Felton could go on the field, line up in the backfield, could line up as a wide receiver, anything to keep defenses and the guys with the green dots hesitating before they start calling out assignments to their teammates. Yeah, he got reps with the wide receivers the entire week in Mobile at the Senior Bowl this year. And I think yeah. I read the other day, originally he went to UCLA as a wide receiver and only switched to running back because they needed him. They had some yes. injuries and stuff like that. So – uh, We're starting to get this. He's a we always little, talk about uh, hybrid on defense, hybrid on yes. offense. Yep, yeah. exactly. So, Absolutely. and he's he's in. We were talking about shiftiness with Jarvis a little while ago. You want to talk about shifty? This guy is shifty, man. This guy is like I'm not going to put him in the same uh, stop and start capabilities as Eric Metcalf right now. But it, it reminds you of a similar kind of style. He can stop left, right, back, one, forward, yep. two, diagonal. Yep. <laughs> up up down that's the cheat code that's, yeah yeah here's a question from shrooney for you jeff pretty much i, I think uh you're high on delpa right you're pretty high on delpa i don't see and i, I understand everybody in, in years ago like we used to do this with acls we used to do it with every injury um but grant Delpit, you saw how much joe woods the faith joe woods had him in just a small amount last year you know the little we got to see through those you know browns training camp shows on youtube uh, you looked, there was 22 by the line of scrimmage. Okay, 22 was lined up, you know, 12 yards off the ball. You know, sure. 22 was lined up looking like a nickel linebacker. Absolutely. Um, he's intelligent. He's athletic. He tackles well. Everybody still got way caught up about nine quarters uh, of his last year at LSU of him playing on a high ankle sprain, which if he was really smart and listened to the people who, you know, basically were looking after him, would not have played. He would not have played. If he was truly smart about it, he would not have played. But then again, obviously got to play in the playoffs, played a national championship, got to basically resurrect his career. And all Grant Delpit has to do this year is be the third best safety on this team. John Johnson, the third, should be the best. Ronnie Harrison is probably you know, just as capable as Grant Delpit. If there is a hiccup, if there's a bump, all he's got to be is the third best safety. And that's not asking a ton of a player of his caliber. And I think we could see not only what you mentioned, how they lined him up in camp last year, just how important he was, but what happened after he went down? It became quickly apparent just how much responsibility and trust they were placing in a rookie because everybody remembers the safety room last year and the problem that it was, how many different combinations and different guys. And, you know, Absolutely. poor Andrew Sandejo got asked to do things that he simply wasn't equipped to do. Uh, but there was nobody else to do it. So, poor Andrew. you know, he went out poor, there and got poor, roasted. Poor bastard. But, uh, I mean, I think that shows you just how much faith, not only for a player, but a rookie. They, they were going to put a ton on his plate last year. So, 
it all comes down to the Achilles for him, I think, which is a very tough injury. And even if he does play all year this year, he might not look like himself until next year. That's just the nature of the injury. But sure. I think you're absolutely right that they really, really like the guy. Yeah. Quick shout out to the chat real quick. Uh, Lurking Worm and Lat Dizzler. Thank you guys for the follows in the last 30 minutes. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate that. Lurking Worm. <laughs> Lurking Worm, man. You, you find some funny-ass names on Twitch. I'll tell you that. Uh, if you guys got any more questions uh, for, for Jeff Lloyd, man, keep firing them out. I'll try to get them up as uh, as we go along here. Uh, Here's one. Uh, well, there's actually a couple. One, one quickly yeah. you and I can go over, uh, Andy. Can they start subscribing to the Twitch yet? Not yet. Not yet. We start we're, we're almost there. Yeah, not um, yet. We're not. We don't have the affiliate status yet. But uh, as uh, I think, I believe Ian typed in the chat. Uh, we we. I would coming. think by yeah by early next week we should be a, a Twitch affiliate. Hell, we have partner numbers right now, which is at, again, guys. I've been trying to. Ian and I, our producer, are the only ones here at the OBR that we're very familiar with Twitch, and I'm trying to tell these guys. What we've been doing this week so far, these these viewership numbers, that's not the norm for a Twitch launch. <laughs> but as I keep saying, as I've said since day one, uh, once we decided to go to Twitch, Browns fans are not of the norm either. Right. And you guys are... That's for, by a million. I you never <laughs> underestimate us. Never, ever, ever. So everyone who's hung out so far this week, man, you guys are incredible. The support is crazy. Thank you guys so much. You guys have made this launch week really special. And, and you know, Jeff hasn't even yelled at us about something yet. So that's that's good. But hey. We're, we're yeah, just, just not to get into any of the details or anything, but you have to reach certain benchmarks. You have to go a certain yeah. number of hours and get a certain yeah. number of viewers and all that kind of stuff before you Absolutely. can subscribe. It's just we have to just do it first. And it's going to happen sometime in the yeah. next couple of days. We just yeah. haven't reached there all, all the sub badges, the emotes, all that stuff is done. They're in a little folder on my desktop computer here. And uh, once we're affiliate, I'll definitely upload those. So you, anybody that would like to subscribe to the OBR. I trade. love the fact that Steve's sitting here talking about like he knows exactly what you're doing. <laughs> oh, Andy. That's I actually the part I'm loving. He's been in training for about five weeks, Jeff. I, I, <laughs> I have I have given him the load. I, I, I he's talked more to me in the last five weeks than his own wife. Poor guy. Well, well, wait, a minute, that, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That that list is like this long. Yeah. People that Steve talks to before. That's by her <laughs> choice. Including the beehive in the backyard. That's, for God's that's sake. her choice. <laughs> no, I, it's funny, Jeff, because I I talk to Andy and Andy and tries to Andy and Ian try to explain stuff about Twitch. And I can see the look on my face in the Zoom call. I look exactly like my grandmother did in 1986 when I was trying to explain the VCR puppy. to her. That's exactly how I look at this point. <laughs> green so, means uh, go. Hit the green button, <laughs> the play button. We got a couple a uh, couple more. Uh, another from uh, from Roach. Uh, pick one, Forbes or Dunn. What are the odds for either of those guys? Forbes has a higher ceiling. Um, better athlete. <laughs> what are you laughing at already? Unfortunately, I'm, la I'm laughing at that. Did you that. see what I said? The first night I tried to explain why Jake wasn't here. And for some reason, the words came out of my mouth. I said, he couldn't be here. Unfortunately, he's with his family. Unfortunately, and that's not what I meant. But these guys have not let me forget about it for three days now. So, <laughs> so it's become a running Twitch joke now. So, but, okay. okay, go ahead with your happy holidays. Unfortunately, I cannot join the Christmas party at work. I will be with my family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, but I look, I mean, you look at Forbes, just, I mean, Dunn, you know what he is. Uh, you know, just a guy goes in there and battles. Um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, 
But you know, Forbes is a guy you look at. It's legit upside. And you know, Steve, I remember when we were talking about this, uh, where Dane Brugler, you know, basically brought him, you know, basically out of nowhere. And it was like, okay, well, the size looks good. And then it was like, well, what kind of athlete is he? Wait a minute. And first things first, where did he play at? Because how did 300 football schools miss this? But again, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's levels to it. I mean, he has a bad first week. Where does that put a player like Drew Forbes? Right. I mean, because they already have people in this building, eight, nine, ten deep. They have a good relationship with that they feel they can trust. So for Drew Forbes, it's a hit the ground running type of thing. I'm curious to see him on the field. I am on the practice field. I'm, 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 because yeah. I know Steven, you were high on him. And still well, are, it's right? Like Jeff said, Jeff and I yeah. talk a lot, but we talk a lot during draft season, like sure. 10 times a day, every single day, because I see people <laughs> that he doesn't see. He sees people that I don't see. He yeah. notices stuff and all that kind of, and he was right. I remember, I remember the conversation. I, I sent him the tweet when Dane first mentioned it. And I went, I've never heard of this. Have you even heard of this guy? And like, I think I we were even questioning if we knew if the college was real. Exactly. Yeah. And then like an hour later, just off of like YouTube stuff, we were like, holy F, what the yeah. hell? And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't take credit for, you know, finding him or anything like that, but I was pretty high on him. I thought it was a great pick. And I thought last year, the conversation between him and Wyatt Teller. And then when you look at what Teller did and go back to the fact that they were apparently neck and neck, it gives you a lot of confidence. Yeah, because absolutely. Because if he can play even 80% as well as Wyatt Teller did last year, that's a hell of a guard, you know? <laughs> like, and some people I talked to, like they basically said that, you know, they think Forbes may be a little bit more athletic where it was Teller was just more the, you know, the barreling, you yeah. know, yeah. cuss, like run sure. through you and try to hit the guy behind you too, as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it, it felt, they, they felt they had a legitimate thing possibly going on. You know, Drew obviously made the decision. He did, um, you know, not going to, again, not going to fault anybody for this. Um, but again, what did the year off do? And, you know, is it, did it fire him up? Because I mean, for him and Andrew Billings, I can only imagine what it was like, you know, once, you know, mid-December got going on, like, oh, my God, I am missing out on all of this. Like, you know, what the hell did I do? Um, where does it take you from here? Does it yeah. take you to another level? Or, you know, are you, you know, or in your heart of hearts, or is your body playing, you know, the pity party? We'll see. Once this stuff goes live, you know, people start in. Actually, the first matchup, we'll probably get to see it'll be Forbes on Billings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah, DG, make sure, uh, definitely, guys, make sure uh, you have our notifications turned on for when we go live. Uh, even if you watch on your computer or your Fire TV or your Roku, wherever you watch us, I recommend definitely downloading the mobile app. I think a lot of people, I'd say about half, probably half of our viewers are actually on mobile. Just make it's sure you though, because our heads are smaller. Nobody, you know, it hides the ugliness. Yeah, and plus, you know, Stephen's head's so freaking big. You know, you got to make it smaller just to bring. Well, it his head's big. You don't have much of a neck. I'm just about. I'm a scarecrow that actually can move around a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just a hobo from. I've H-T-B-Bow. seen you do the scarecrow dance uh, from Wizard of Oz. It's it's pretty impressive. I, I understand why Anne married you. Yeah. Tore up a dance floor Saturday night, Steve. It was a good time. I'm telling you. But Jeez, yeah, lucky gal. Uh, we've got a question here from uh, our, our good friend Jeff JXW727. Go ahead and put that one up. Uh, so, sure, so Jeff, why Jeff does Pete, why does there. Pete hate Jarvis? And actually, my dad, I think my dad had a comment too <laughs> earlier when you were starting to talk some smack on Jarvis. I think my dad got a little 
My dad was a little – yeah, here's my dad here. Jarvis is fast, but he's yeah, – for the catch, he's a smooth runner. You're not wrong, Pops. How about the playoff game? Well, first things I, first, sir. Yeah. You raised a fine son in Andy. Um, <laughs> but it comes down to what – and the whole thing, and this is where it started. It's a financial thing. Yeah. And when Jarvis first came here, he was paid as a top six wide receiver. His first year here, was he top six in receptions? Nope. Top six in receiving yards? Nope. Top six in receiving touchdowns? Nope. And everybody, oh, he chose Cleveland. No, he didn't. (laughs) He was traded here. And he was traded here with the understanding of they would meet his financial expectations. If there was a receiver who was available, who would perform like a top five wide receiver that you would pay top five money to, would you get them for a fourth round pick? Anybody? No, no. And look, it, that's all it ever came down to. And yeah. there were times, and there'd be like post game show we'd settle in. And I still remember, uh, and Pete, uh, the Jarvis hater is going to be out in full force. You know, you know, <laughs> and I remember it was, I think it was Baker's first 300 yard game, and it was on the road against Houston. The Browns lost. If you remember, that was the one where Callaway fumbled the ball going to the end zone. Jarvis nickled and dined his way late in the fourth quarter to like a seven for 118. Pete's like, yep, never going to hear the end of this one. Yep, never going to hear the end of this one. <laughs> That's it. I'm leaving. Jeff ain't having no, it. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he, he didn't say. He's like, no, he was really, really good today when they were down by 23. He was great. He was great. Uh, well, and, question. And, and I always like to say this, and I've said this on your pod before, too, because, uh, I, you know, I like to needle Pete just because it's fun to needle Pete and watch him get all worked up. But I like Pete. I always have. Uh, I respect his, his work and everything, and we're friends. And I want, I, I've said this a few times before. He doesn't hate Jarvis. His whole thing is he doesn't think he's performing to the level of the contract. And he's he'll say the same about thing about that. Odell, but nobody hears that part. <laughs> right. Sure. So it's not that he That's dislikes fair. the guy yeah. personally or anything like that. He just thinks the contract is out of whack with the production and he gets he and he sticks to he's his become, guns. I mean, you know, Pete's, Pete's, Pete's become, never changed yep. his mind on anything. No, ever, Pete's become so. no, no, and he never will. That, that that's <laughs> never ever ever going to happen he's become but also pete over the years has evolved more and more to like the analytic side of the game and that's probably why he is so excited where this franchise is and you like i said earlier you're paying two receivers 30 million dollars and you're not getting the production that warrants right 15 million dollar pay per player absolutely it's i mean everybody would say it about any other positional player on this team and it's great to say and be excited and, but you, at the end of the day, all 53 of these guys are not going to be here for the next six years. No, Decisions no. have to be made. And a lot of times it's going to be because of economics. Shout out to Stan Cakes. Thanks for that follow. Here, uh, I'll, throw, I'll tee up this question to you guys. Blake Hans, chances he makes the roster. First things first, what do his sisters look like? Maybe that will yeah. enhance his chance of making <laughs> the rosters. Were they hot, though? It's. Uh, I think he's got an uphill climb just because of the numbers um, that we talked about before and have talked about in the offensive line room. I think. I mean, he's always going to be sort of a folk legend in Cleveland because he, you know, he signed at seven o'clock and started at seven thirty. Right. In the playoff game, basically. Yeah. Did a I know. Damn Incredible good job. Incredible job, really man. Well. Considering the circumstance, but, and made a hell of a good time leaving from New Jersey to drive to a playoff <laughs> yeah. game, and I'm impressed by that. You know, absolutely. I've never made that kind of time, but um, I, I think, 
<laughs> it's not that I don't think he's good enough to make a roster. I think he, he showed that he is. He, he made the most of his chance. And I think that, that that playoff run that he had will get him a chance to play some meaningful snaps somewhere sure. in this league. I just think unless there's a several injuries in front of him, I don't know that he, he can make. Ah, uh, never mind. There's too many people in front of him. Uh, Jeff, I, I, I assume you agree with me, but I'm not sure. Um, and I saw the response about Blake yeah. sisters. I'm sure there's some fine gals. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure there. Um, I, 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 you know, again, I, you know, I, it's it's one of those things where Blake Hans may can come to Cleveland anytime he ever wants. Never pay for a drink. Right. Always <laughs> eat for free. But may never take another regular season down for this franchise, and that's great. It, it, I mean, a guy could probably open a bar here and just call it a guy named Blake, and I yeah. guarantee you, it would do well. But I just think you know it's going to be a numbers game. It was a fluke, fluke night that night, and you know, it, you know, people always talk about you know, the postseason, you know, whatever it is, whatever sport, World Series, something just happens, and all of a sudden we're talking about somebody that nobody ever talks about ever. And for Blake Hans, I mean, you can probably write a book about it, um, you know, whatever, or end up doing a great podcast about it. And again, open a bar, a restaurant in Cleveland, and it'll be packed. Um, but very, very <laughs> get the investors a place named Blake. That that's people. Yeah, there you go. Oh, get the investors. Yeah, the investors. There you go. I, th- I think you're right. I think he's kind of like, and to prove sort folk of on your point, a bar there, named Blake. I like it. Ian. Nobody ever talks about. Who's the, the leading, uh, the most rushing yards ever in the Super Bowl? I know it. Do you guys know it? Tim uh, Tim James? No, no. Um, Timmy Smith. Timmy, Timmy Smith. Smith, yeah. Timmy yep. Smith from Washington. Nobody yep. knows that. No, but I mean, he also, how about that? It's very similar to everybody talks about Bill Buckner for that negative in the 1986 right. World Series. So nobody talks about so the long. fact that the guy was a borderline Hall of Fame first baseman. Yes. They all think yeah, he's a no, chump because he's of a damn one. good hitter. He was a good hitter, yeah, man. Yeah, but nobody thinks that because the guy he let a ball, and of course, the Left him on the field because he wanted him to experience winning the World Series, even though he had been removed for defense in the ninth inning 95% of the time that season. Right. Well, well, we're going to get to more Jeff Lloyd's questions here in a bit. But before we do, it's time for my questions. And actually, Stephen, you contributed to this for one. For those that don't know, if you've listened to the show on Not, Sa- Not the Same Old Browns podcast presented by the OBR, uh, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, the live stream, Spotify, all that, you know oh, that boy, I did. Is there a food take? Oh, I do a segment that is called Five Random Ass Questions, and I have five of them here. One was uh, actually suggested by my awesome co-host, Stephen Thomas. So, Jeff, are you ready? This is your I second. I Stephen earlier today. This may not be good. You knew what I was whining about today. No, we'll see. So, as the, for those that have never seen this segment, this is called Five Random Ass Questions, where I asked a guest five things. That are just random. They could be about the Browns. They could they, some of them, most of them aren't, but they could be about the Browns as well. All right, number one, Steve. This is the question that you asked that that you wanted me to write down. It says, mm-hmm. "Wit, you both are huge fans of Cheers. I am revisiting it myself. I am on season six now, I believe, or seven. Um, which reoccurring guest star on Cheers was your favorite, Jeff?" I know Stevens is uh, uh, from uh, from Night Court. Harry oh, the Harry, Hat, Harry oh, Anderson. No, no, mine's not Harry the Hat, but he's up there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, it was any episode that involved Gary from Gary's Old Town Tavern. Oh, um, they were just great, great episodes. And I remember there was one fantastic episode where Cheers had actually burned down, and yes. 
Carla, they were about to reopen. Carla was working at was like the equivalent of the new TGI Fridays. Right. So Sammy sends Norm and Cliff down there to get her. And it's like happy hour on a Friday night. And like every 30 minutes, it's free booze, free poo-poo platters. There's a buffet open. And like three and a half hours have gone by and Norm and Cliff haven't left yet because they are absolutely loving it as opposed to stale old beer nuts. The I poorly, yeah, as everybody says on Facebook, the poorly poured beers on cheers. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh. Wait a minute. Oh my God. And I think they asked Carla like sing happy birthday to somebody. And that's to the point where like, no, nah, yes! we're out here. We're gonna go back to cheers. I love it. But anything the, with Gary, uh, the rivalry, the time where he actually faked his own death. Um, they oh, ended up stripping Wade Boggs of his pants because yes! he thought it was a fake Wade Boggs. Um, those were always those were ones that always Classics. always made me laugh. Interesting Classics. note about the Gary Zotan Tavern rivalry ones. Uh, I just read something not too long ago. I took a, a sitcom writing class with Ken Levine and David Isaacs, who were the lead writers on Cheers and Mash and Frasier. They're probably the yes. two best sitcom writers in the history of television. They're pretty good. And he was telling yeah, me that's not a bad resume. <laughs> that's not a bad resume. Yeah. Um, but he was telling me that the, the the original Gary's Old Town Tavern was a script they wrote in like two days because no up shit. to that up until that season, Cheers didn't do well. It was not getting ratings and nobody really wanted it. And then it took off and Diane, that's that why. it is. And the network wanted more episodes. So they were like hours from going on hiatus and they got a call from Brandon Tartikoff and said, we want one more episode. So they just made this up in like an hour and a half. They had almost no rewrites. I'm, I'm paraphrasing the story yeah. down here, uh, but You're doing uh, a hell it turned a job. out to be, it turned out to be huge. And then of course, as Jeff said, it became an, there was one every season from season yep. four on, it became a recurring thing. No, mind Jeff, in case you were curious, my favorite two recurrings were either uh, Nick Tortelli, because Dan Hedaya just played him so far over the top. He yep. was just, he was borderline not human. He was so awful. Yes. And um, Andy, Andy. Anytime Andy, <laughs> Andy came back, it made me Great. laugh my ass off, especially the very last season when they brought him back with the dynamite strapped to his chest. And uh, yep. it was just, it's a, it's one of the best cold opens. If you want with anyway. two, then if you want with two, I'm going to go with the second one then. Um, right. All Kravitz. When he sleeps with Carla and gives it a little tap on the yes. ass. Hey, sexy. Yes. He is funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's real that's a good one right there and just a little shameless plug here uh if you subscribe to the obr they do get paramount plus correct yes. uh, steven yes, guess what do. is on paramount plus cheers, cheers. yep just just say reason and i think andy made that happen as his agent was putting together this whole obr contractual <laughs> And I'm sure Steve was pushing for it as well. <laughs> All right. That was a good, that was a good first question. Good answers. I love it. Number two, you're a Jersey dude. And uh, you all got some good pizza, man. It's a fact. What then- is, so let me ask you this. What is the perfect Jeff Lloyd pizza pie? It, toppings from where all that, what is the perfect pizza to you, Jeff? Tell me. Well, and it's actually funny. I mean, as everybody knows, and you know, I've never been a huge Barstool guy, um, but Dave Portnoy does these pizza reviews. Yes, and those solo actually, I, I would tell you, he's very like he comes off very likable in those, and he actually has come to my area. Um, there's a couple places right in my town. <laughs> One is called Federici's. Um, it's old style. It's bar pie, like simple, like I mean, like if yes. you go there with I love who, bar pie, and yes. I miss that expression bar pie because that is a real thing. Yes. But like, if you go there with people who don't know you, they're like, "So what do we need? Uh, like, you know, we're gonna split a pie." I look at them, no. 
uh, you're going to yeah. get yours and I'm going to get mine um, because, you know, I, me, even if I take down seven of the eight, I'll take the last one home. So we're not splitting anything because I'm still going to be hungry after this. Um, but the thing I love about them is they're, they don't do the traditional slice sausage. It's ground sausage. So obviously there you it's, go. it's not as heavy going down. There's sure. another place down here that he did. It's called Pete and Elders, which is, you know, right, um, right by the Jersey Shore. Um, again, bar pie thin, good sauce. The key is, and what they say about why it's so good in the East Coast is, you know, the water and the way it helps make the dough, which probably isn't good because if you ever look at anything about the East Coast and the water, eh, but it helps with the pizza. And that's what matters here, people. Um, and they do, and for years, like, I think they're like 25 years running. You know, if you can eat the, you know, double extra large, you can get a t-shirt. There's chicks walking out of there who are five foot seven, 110 pounds with the t-shirt just because it's light. It's soft. Yeah. It's, That's how it, I like it's my just pizza, the man. combination. You know, I mean, you know, I've tried that deep dish route in, you know, for me, somebody can be in here. No, I don't know how you call for that. For me, the deep pizza. dish. If it's you've an got occasional a, thing. Occasional. If you've got to put a triangle under it to take <laughs> the piece out to put it onto a plate. <laughs> I don't know how we put that in the same yeah. family as pizza. Yeah, deep deep dish is not pie; it's a cake. <laughs> That's what it's. it's a, but it, I mean, yeah, maybe it's like a pie because you have to serve it with literally <laughs> a pie. It's I, like I just, a, but it's like a yeah. damn cake, man. And then you know, but then you put it on the plate. You take the utensil out, and everything just kind of goes. Bleh. I mean, I've had really good Chicago deep 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 dish style pizza, and it has its place. It's good, but it's something. Like the type of pie that you've been describing, Jeff, that's the kind of pizza I want to have on the regular. You know, snap in the crust when he's folded yes. in half, one hundred percent. Absolutely. See, I knew well, you. Jeff, knew my my wife is from Chicago, so now she's never going to talk to you. She already <laughs> doesn't talk to me, so the only person left on this show she's going to talk to is Andy. Yeah. I tell you what, I probably still have a better shot. I only I only dish the pizza. She's been living with you for all these years. That's true. That's true, D. Will, and it's it is kind of like lasagna the way it's layered. It's kind of it is bizarre. All right, man. I knew I knew. Don't tell me about my wine take, Steve. All right, keep that one out of the conversation, or I'll be I, I'm cut off. I knew you'd bring the heat on that one. All right, number three, and this one's Browns related. I want you to rank these former Browns free agent signings worst to best: Dwayne Bow, Kenny Britt, and Andre Risen. Worst to which was the worst signing of those three, and I want you to rank them. I'm actually going to go Kenny Britt. Because number three. Oh, I'm going to go Kenny Britt number one. Okay. Because it was a time here, but there were other players in that room. Sure. I mean, you had Corey Coleman and you had a Josh Gordon come back. And I still go back and everyone was all excited because you know, Josh Gordon was coming back and yes. Josh Gordon doing freakish things like, dude, just catch the ball with two hands once. Like he's a baseball player catching everything. And like they threw one at Kenny Britt and he punted it. It's like, dude, <laughs> like we got everybody here trying to learn and. <laughs> Really seriously, and then there was the actually, I think it was the same Houston Texans road trip. Corey Coleman was hurt, and he took everybody like him and Corey Coleman. I don't know why they were traveling because they weren't playing, they went out to the ball, they got hammered, got thrown out, got sent back to Cleveland. It was like, yeah, dude, seriously. That. Um, Andre Risen, <laughs> he'll go to, he'll go to, but I mean, that's not on him. I mean, if you no. go, if you have to go to a bank. To be able to pay for a free agent? Oh, no. His, Art Modell's wife had to co-sign on the loan. Yeah. If you've got to get a loan to pay a free agent, we got a serious problem here. And, Andre, I always still go back to this one. And this was obviously after the fact. 
you know, he won the Super Bowl with Brett Favre, you know, with the Packers. And somebody asked him one time about it. I threw it in the Flint River. Like, what? You threw it in the Flint River? And that's before we even get to the whole Lisa Lopes thing. And, you know, apparently bought $300,000 worth of sneakers and couldn't throw his girl a pair of sneakers. So she ended up burning the place down. Dwayne Bowe, it was just over. It was just, you know, like, it like was, he had a nice run. It was just over. He was like a healthy Brit and Ryzen every just, week. Yes, but Britt and Ryzen, they were just not there. And, I mean, I could have told you this. Kenny Britt here in Jersey uh, as he was starting to rise at Rutgers. Uh, like, th- this dude, Kenny Britt, there were times he was so high, he literally told Greg Schiano he forgot to come to practice. Uh, That's how high – he forgot to come to practice. That's how high he was. Look, I mean, whatever you do, I respect you. Have a great time. But yeah. if that's your excuse, I, one of my buddies used to officiate Rutgers practices. And one time, Shiano went on a tirade screaming at the sky. You forgot to come to practice? <laughs> that's his response. You forgot to come to practice. And, oh, I guess oh that many bong hits will make you forget to come to practice, I guess. And that's Kenny Britton in a nutshell. Oh, gosh. Yeah, those were three wide receiver free agent Brown signings that definitely did not work out for the best. And everybody wants to pick up poor Corey Coleman. But how about those three? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I knew that one would get really. you. I knew that one would get you excited. Um, and I love Andre Ryzen. I do. But I mean, like, that that's one dude, dude, baby. That is one dude where a psychiatrist would sit down and would do one of these. That's it. I quit. I retire. I, I, there's no figuring this guy out. I'm done. My goodness! All right, here's one. I this here's number four. Great answers on the uh, number three question. Number four. This one I know is about something that's near dear to your heart. Um, what was your favorite moment as a Mets fan? As I know I you actually, are, I was actually at Game Six of the '86 World Series. Um, one of my re- friends in my neighborhood that I grew up with, his father was a vice president for Chubb Insurance. Sure. Um, guy was you know he looked like Jimmy Carter for God's sakes. Was never a sports guy, but had obviously access at any time. We went and, like everybody else, we were on the fence about leaving. Um, but you know, Gary Carter was coming up to bat in that inning, and there were players that we all loved. And it just turned that was it was insane. And that point, I'm trying to think here now. Twelve years old, like I had always loved sports, and that's where I just I walked away with that. I'm like, no, like I I, I don't love sports. I stupidly love sports because <laughs> like people talk about like reality television, things like that. That's fine. Love it. I don't care. There is no more ultimate reality television than televised sports. Cause every time you think you've either seen everything or you have never seen anything. Damn right. It, the script flips. It truly, truly does all the time. That's awesome. You're a game six and 86, huh, bud? Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing, man. That is awesome. One of the most legendary games in the history of the sport, honestly. It's it's up there. Wow. Definitely. Wow. All right, number five. Uh, I'm a movie buff. You guys all know this. I uh, love movies. Uh, here we you go. You strained us last time with this, but here we go. Yeah, here we go. No, I, I left horror out of this. No horror okay. this time. I promise you. No horror this time. It, honestly, I, I, I actually, man, someone asked me this question when I was a guest on another uh, movie podcast. I was like, damn, that's a good question. If you could go back in time and watch one movie in theaters that you didn't get to see in theaters, what would it be? 
Because I'll tell you, for me, I mean, it would be Rocky, which came out five years before I was born, the original Rocky in 1976, to see the theaters cheering and stuff. That's why I love that question so much. It uh, Some movie experience, one movie that you could go back in time and watch in theaters at release. That's a tough one because you probably have to think about era and about like yeah. the quality of you know, the screen. Sure. Gonna, the, the sound's going to be in surround. Um, but I was one that never actually, I don't know how, I never saw Save It, Saving Private Ryan in a theater. There you so, go. You know, and that's probably one. I mean, just, you know, that, you know, getting off the boat in Normandy and just, you know, and, you know, ba- I mean, you know, I remember my father telling me I was looking over my shoulder. Like what's good, you know? Like he right. was like, well, where are these bullets coming from? Like he was almost you know, like, you like almost had him out of his seat. And you know, I think it was a summer release, which would probably explain why it didn't get sure. to the theater. You know, there were taverns and girls and all those types of things. But Absolutely. that was one uh, never made it to a theater for. How about you, Steve? Any movie in particular? Uh, mine's easy. A... Mine's mine's easy. Rocky, because th- as you've told me, you know, like the theaters, we've talked about this. The theaters oh, for that bananas. movie, p- people were literally cheering like it was a yeah. real boxing. Oh, yeah. people were losing their minds. It was yeah. nobody had ever, you know, it, yeah, that underdog, you know, over oh, story I has become overused. But at the time, yeah, there really, check out the much... Eddie Murphy. Check out the Eddie Murphy uh, on YouTube about that. Yeah, yep. it was. I mean, people were like jumping out of their seats. It was yep. like it's hard to explain to somebody now, but it was so new back then. Definitely so new. Uh, for me, you probably have to go back to. Boy, there's so many because I just love movies like you, and I love them from the 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 golden age of cinema, as they call it. Probably either Casablanca or Ooh. Cool Hand Luke. For like me. it, because like they're it. just like two tremendous lot. stories, just timeless films that I still love on the small screen, but. As anybody knows, it's different in the theater. It's just different. The ambiance, it just hits you differently. Yeah. You know, to so to see Paul Newman that young, because he was already, you know, kind of middle-aged by the time I came out, to see him in his heyday sure. when he was the Hollywood hunk. And he's one of those guys over the years that I think has never gotten, I mean, look at the guy. He's never nice. gotten, he's so pretty that I don't think he's never he ever gotten the credit he deserves for how good he is as an actor. You know, he's and he makes a hell of a salad dressing. They think he's just a pretty boy, you know, and all that kind of thing. The, the dude technically was just unbelievable and unmatched. And Cool Hand Lucas, if you've never seen it, folks, man, what a great film! Oh, classic a, film, tremendous film. And Casablanca, of course, you know, stands the test of time against anybody. So, those, that would probably be one of those two. Yeah, that's why I honestly don't bring up movies that much on the show. I do sometimes, but if I bring them up too much, I won't shut up talking about them because there's really, (laughs) since I can remember, there's been two passions in in my life as far as hobbies and that's Cleveland sports and film. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I even co-host the uh, horror movie podcast that I do. So it's always been a big part of my life. My dad owned a video store when I grew up. Uh, Nashtabula County. Uh, oh, so that's where it came from. That's where oh, it came yeah. from. First now opened up. it makes sense. First opened okay. up in 1985. Yep. Yep. So that's, I was essentially was raised. Yeah. What's one? Major League? That's Jurassic Park. Oh, I saw that in theaters when I was Tremendous like. Tremendous theater experience. 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was amazing theater experience. Yeah. That's why I like. Know, even all these years later, the fact that the lawyer gets eaten on the toilet is the first one that still cracks me up. I don't know why it makes me laugh, but it makes me laugh every single time sure. it happens. Yeah. That's why <laughs> that was a good question. Cause I, I feel like uh, anyone could relate to that. Cause there's always been a movie like, you know, Rocky's mine. I mean, I'm sure I could think like, I would have loved to go back in time and uh, 
watch the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. That's another one. So movies that like came out before I was born are probably the ones Jaws. I was. Jaw. Oh gosh, I wish I, mean, I, I could. It in the theater. Drive it. That was Jaws in the driving. Was the, wish was dope. Wish, mm. wish I could do it. Man. My 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 older sister didn't sleep for like a month. And that was my one of those mother. things, like, no, my dad, and my dad used to do things, and now my mother, like, you took them to see Jaws in yeah. the drive-in? You say you never do anything with the kids! Well, like, never, you know Don't do anything with the kids anymore. My mother still, will, still, to this day, will not go in the ocean above her ankles because of that movie. That's, it's, yeah. Especially if the water's warm. Absolutely. Yeah, that, well, this thanks. has been fun, man. This has been. Uh, I enjoyed that five random-ass questions. That's always a good time, kind of loosen up. If you guys have any more questions for Jeff, get them out now. we got to get out of here in, like, the next five minutes. Anything else? Anything else for Jeff Brown's related? Fire away. I can't believe we only had one person ask about Pete and Jarvis Landry. I'm stunned, <laughs> to be honest with you. I figured that would have been coming through like a roll of paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love Pete. We love yes. Pete. Thanks, uh, uh, first pop-uppy, or however it's pronounced. Uh, yeah, Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. Great film. Thanks, Bobby. Just a great film. Fun Classic. movie. Good story. You know? And oh, it's wow. one of those things... That's amazing. People, oh, nice. Wow. Oh, nice. Very that good. is. Cool Hand Luke is where uh, what we have here is failure to communicate comes from. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you know, it's one of those things that it becomes part of the lexicon over the years and people don't know where it came from. That's where it came from. Whoops. So. All right. Well, I think we're done here. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Three. There's still like 60 some people hanging out with us. That's amazing. Fantastic. You guys amazing. Are amazing. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow. Um, I think tomorrow we're not starting until eight, which is not our normal thing. But yeah, I, I, Jake, Jake, unfortunately, had to spend more time with his family. family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a really bad time story to, to his kids. Child. So. Yeah, unfortunately, he has to. Unfortunately, take Jake has to be a dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he'll be so here. We'll start at eight and go until yes, like nine thirty or maybe ten, something like that. So yeah. It, yeah, so uh, once the season starts, guys, the, the 7 o'clock Eastern start time, that'll be very, 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 very much locked in Monday through right. Friday. Um, until then, though, you know, when we're balanced. Here's the thing, guys. If, like, here's a prime example. Like, we're not planning on doing any streams on Saturday or Sunday of this week. But, for instance, which is, say, Baker Mayfield contract extension breaks. <coughs> You're damn right we're going live. So... Until the season starts, it's going to be probably, you know, three, four days a week. Does that sound about right, Stephen? Three or yeah, four days? Yeah, you know, because yeah. it's the preseason. There's stuff to talk about now, well, but there's not enough to do two hours every night. And yeah. We don't want to do subparts. <laughs> yeah, and it's, we don't want to keep retreading stuff, too, because it's not like, you know, it, there's a million things to talk about right now. Every day it's going to change, but... Once the preseason games do start, guys, we're going to do preseason uh, watch-alongs where a lot of us from the OBR staff are going to get together on stream and watch the game uh, on our TVs or computers. And you guys can have the TV on, have uh, us on your iPad or your computer, your your your, your iPhone, and you oh can watch it, hang like out with us, show. ask us questions, and watch. Yeah, exactly. Just like the draft show. Exactly. So, Jeff, thanks again for joining us, thanks, man. man. It, Always a blast, brother. Love you to death, man. I really, really, truly do. I mean that. Guys, I wish you the best. And the one thing, as you're trying to tell this to your, um, you know, your listeners and everybody's following along, um, it, it, it's gradual. It, it's patience and, you know, knowing when to strike, you know, when the iron is hot. And 
I'll tell you enough to do what you guys are tempted to do here between one and a half to two hours a day. Uh, you know, I run sprints. You guys are looking to run marathons. And, you know, for your listeners, understand that sometimes if there's nothing going on, it's going to be really hard to put together 90 to 120 minutes. So, you know, just go at your own pace. Have fun with it. Absolutely. Right now, it looks like you guys are having a blast to this point. Oh, it's great. Um, the next few weeks, because, you know, the hype getting up into it. And then there could be, you know, the Monday after the Chiefs game, if it doesn't go well, where it's, they suck, they suck, they suck. As you guys are looking at your comments, and like, right, yeah, we'll be yeah. in and out in 15 today, kids. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. And guys, we'll definitely... have you back on a pretty regular basis, too. Yeah, oh, and absolutely. Thanks. Gentlemen, you know that. Anytime. You know, I wish you... Get, get the plugs but... out there, Jeff. Get the plugs. Okay, well, Andy, always had great relationships with you. Steven, obviously, you know, it, it, it goes on for a long time now. It's real. Uh, something's going on in my life. You were actually one of the first people I contact, I, I reach out to. Um, you know that, and obviously the OBR, it's you guys, anybody who listens to my shows know I always speak fondly and well of the guys over there. Um, look at the Lockdown Browse podcast. Uh, we're finally getting our sea legs back here. It's been a rough few weeks here in the Lloyd household. That's why it's really nice to hear to be a guest where I can just come on and just kind of let it go as to trying to put everything together. Absolutely. Um, but we're ready to rock here. Um, it's this time of the year. Um, there's no way I'm hiding or like I'm closed or you know, blinded to the fact that this is the most anticipated Brown season since the return. There's no way around it. Uh, so whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening to your podcast apps, uh, subscribe, uh, listen, of course, uh, you know, give the five-star ratings, written reviews. We are ready to go. Um, I think at this point, there's just not enough. I mean, we are all so excited for what's coming. Yes. I don't think anybody's getting enough to wet their whistle right now. Like Absolutely. you see the one completion of DPJ today. It's like, no, I need 55 more of this. Right. Who did this? <laughs> who blocked? Who was on the field? Wait a minute. Who covered? Where was the pass rush? I think everybody is just amped up. And there's no way around it. I mean, no. you just can't hold it back anymore. It's damn Christmas morning. Everybody's ready to go. Absolutely, man. And we'll definitely um, – I know you're a busy dude, man. You get, you're going to be even more busier during the season, but – you know, you're more than welcome to join us, and we're going to ask you several times throughout the season to join us for either this show or hell, man. You mean maybe one of these nights we'll get you on the uh, Monday Night Football watch alongs or something. You can just hang out with us, and it'll be fun, dude. Looking forward to it. <laughs> you guys should have a blast. Um, if you're going to do, oh, see, that's where you're lucky, Steve. It's it's those are going to be on the West Coast, those Monday Night Footballs. Oh, so, yeah, man. Gotcha. It starts right at dinner time for you, buddy. You're good. Yeah, me too. I'm on that. I love that Pacific. Oh, the both of you. I yep. don't know where the rest of your Browns listeners are going to be if you're going live every Monday night. It's going to yeah. be YouTube about it's going to be YouTube about you know, 9:45 Eastern time. Going where the hell did everybody go? Where did everyone go? But thanks, thanks for everyone for making this launch launch week so special. We'll be back tomorrow night live, not us, but the OBR Twitch channel. Uh, we'll be back live tomorrow at 8 p.m. Jake Burns makes his uh, return with OBR Film Breakdown. He's going to do some chalk talk stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, he was with his family, and but he will return tomorrow, and we will go live. As of right now, we're going to go live at 8 o'clock. We might start a little earlier until J Jake is ready, but we'll see. But the very the very latest, we'll be live at 8 o'clock with Jake's, uh, Jake, Jake Burns and OBR Film Breakdown. All right, guys, as always, you guys rock. Thank you so much. Ian, take us out of here. Thanks again for everyone for all the new follows. We'll see you on the next, uh, next stream, guys. Appreciate you all. Go Browns, baby. Go Browns. Love you, Tim. <laughs>